The Power Trip is a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. You can find more more phenomenal kaiju and tokusatsu content at kaijuramenmedia.com. What's up, everyone? It is JDF the Green Ranger, and you are listening to The Power Trip. It's morphin' time. Lisa! Hello, listeners with Attitude. I'm Michael. I'm Nathan. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Billy. And we're continuing our journey through the Power Rangers franchise. In today's episode, we're discussing Power Rangers Samurai and Super Samurai. Theme song. <laughs> Damn. Save oh, it that's for the song. show. <laughs> actually, Drink it's not. There. Actually, it's not a shitty theme song because it's ex- it's a ripoff of MMPR's Go Go. It's Powering. a cover. It's not it's even a, a good cover. It's not even a good cover. I will. Save I will, it for the. I will go on a limb and say that Megaforce did it better. Okay. Oh, uh, God. I have opinions there too. Anyway. <laughs> okay. 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 What? No. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't even know if I should leave this in. But welcome, listeners, with attitude to another what will potentially be a very chaotic episode. And I am sorry in advance. Uh, will it be chaotic? Good. That's what we need to figure out. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, good's a strong word here, guys. Good's a okay, very chaotic neutral? Yeah. Chaotic neutral, yeah. Yeah, chaotic neutral. Oh, yeah. I don't, we don't want to go chaotic evil here because I'll have to whip out my Heath Ledger Joker voice for that. I, just, like, I don't Nathan, know why he's we're... going chaotic. That's a strong word, too. We're just, we're going to ramble today, guys. Yeah. <laughs> when do you not? ramble <laughs> there was a good chunk of four episodes we actually tried to do notes <laughs> oh my god that's right. oh my. you mean like we do around here what <laughs> I, although i'm the chief note taker here we were talking about this before we went on the air because somebody in this call doesn't take notes yeah billy <laughs> oh <laughs> Damn okay. It. Okay. So yes, we do have a couple of new voices with us on this episode, but before we introduce these fine gentlemen, we do have a couple of housekeeping items we have to get through first. Nathan, if you can compose oh. yourself long enough to do this. Oh. <laughs> so I'm the first one we're going to talk about really quickly. Uh, we have recorded our interview with the one and only Jackie Marchand. So mm-hmm. just really quick, that episode will be coming out after this episode as a bonus. And we're really, really excited to let you guys hear that. Mm-hmm. She actually made a valiant defensive operation overdrive. She I was did. Impressed. I would, you know what? I will, I will go on a limb and say she made me appreciate operation overdrive just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's still one of the worst seasons we've watched, but and she acknowledged that, but still yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing that episode with you guys. It should be a good time. Uh, that'll be out next week as a, as a bonus. And Nathan, we actually have a little bit of listener feedback to read as well. Yes. It's an email that has been sitting in our inbox for a while. So Mr. Chris green, we're sorry. 
sentence goes all the way back to July. So we're finally getting around to it. He writes, hi, guys, fan of the pod. And as I'm listening to your Mystic Force podcast, that should tell you how old this is. I thought I could give you a little info on the Maji Ranger. I hope I said that right. Yes. Like five. Like five men and Go-Go five before them, Maji Ranger is a team of family, but unlike the other two seasons, Red is the youngest sibling. That's interesting. He's the only one who is still in high school and the only one who doesn't remember their father. In order of age, it's Red, 17, Yellow, 19, Blue, 20, Pink, 22, and Green, 27. Now, they're, they're, a lot of them are a little bit older than our Power Ranger counterparts. Where the rangers get their powers from is a place called Majatopia, where the heavenly saints uh, live and their morphers give them a portion of that power. Oh, so it's kind of like the, what was it called? The mystic force. Um, the, uh, the, 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 mystic tri- no, the mystic tribunal or whatever. Oh, the mystic tribunal. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Something like that. Liam counterpart was a heavenly saint and was, and so was Daggeron's counterpart. Liambo's counterpart was also the father of the Maji Ranger, and Udana's counterpart was the mother. So the White Ranger in Maji Ranger was everyone's mom. <laughs> Pink was more of a girly girl than Vita was. Blue was pretty much the same, and Yellow was the cool, calm, and collected guy. Green was the more fatherly because he was the oldest. I know how that is, as the oldest of four. But it is also to his detriment sometimes. Also, I speak from experience. I'm going to go into too many plot details, just uh, just in case you all have started watching it. But that's what I got for you today. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Any, And we're sorry for getting being so late to the game and getting that uh, email, getting around. We've just been getting email. a lot of itunes reviews so yeah not to humble brag or nothing yeah so uh but but no we really appreciate that anytime our listeners uh send us feedback we like to we like to read that so anyway fellas sorry for that uh, awkward start but today we have our good friends from the zeo to hero podcast Mm -hmm. uh but jimmy and jabili uh, I like the fact that expert does double dragon sword. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, Bimmy and Jammy? What? It's just well, no. Like everyone says, it's a zero to hero podcast. Oh my guys, drop the R. Come on. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, we've this has been a long time coming because you were the first Ranger podcast that reached out to us after we started. <laughs> Oh man, it was a little while back. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I saw that y'all were on. Uh, I saw that y'all were about to start, and I was like, "Let me just start slamming keys. Maybe I'll get a response from him." <laughs> slamming keys is that what he we're legit, calling? Yeah, yeah. He it to his keyboard and just like rolled back and forth. I'm yeah. surprised you guys. No, I, I'm just yeah. picturing him walking. Like I don't know if anyone has ever seen the strong bed email where he hits his head on the keyboard, and as he does it, it literally says on the screen, "Head hit." <laughs> keyboard that's what i'm picturing right now <laughs> oh yes <laughs> now but i would norm this is the part where i would normally ask the questions three. Oh boy but i have a more important question to ask oh 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 no why in the blue hell is rocky the most <laughs> is is rocky the uh unsung hero of the power rangers franchise 
All right. Did you not listen to their episode? They spent an hour talking about this. Well, Legit I, I, hour. Come I, on, I, man. Well, I kind of listened to it, but I couldn't get past the incessant rambling and and, and dribbling to get to the actual media. <laughs> we legit I'm have joking. 15 <laughs> TikToks about this as well. <laughs> well, Billy, do you want to handle this? You want me to go on a rampage on it? Uh, so basically, uh, if you watch the Turbo movie, oh, God forbid, God forbid I just said Turbo. Uh, we, don't we don't talk, talk about, about turbo. turbo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you see that uh, at uh, Rocky gives the power or tells Justin to, or they transfer the power to Justin. But Rocky stays back as ZO3. Now, <clears throat> as the seasons progress, uh, the we can only speculate that Rocky stays back and defends Earth as ZO as they go into space. Uh, now, the question is like, Further down the line, when Megaforce and Super Megaforce come around, the power from Rocky kind of develops as Zeo should. Their powers get stronger and stronger as time goes. Um, now, would you think that like Rocky was able to share the superpower of Zeo 3 to open up the bridge to bring all the other Rangers back or help bring them back from the grid for that uh, the legendary battle? Hmm. Okay. Okay. So you want me you want me to say that one more time, but explain it a little bit better? Yeah, I just gave a little <laughs> I just gave a little synopsis of it. So Okay. Yeah. I mean that's that's fine. That's fine. I because I do have another question. Why is Zordon such an ass? That's actually <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, that getting dragon daggered? Yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Billy, since you you answered mine, I'm gonna answer yours. How's Go ahead. That? Go ahead. All right. Well, Zordon's a complete and total a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to explain it a little bit more because I can <laughs> just the, just a smidge because that's a bold that's a bold statement, sir. All right. and, and keep in mind, Michael and I are knee deep in Megaforce, and we've seen Gose. Well, oh, <laughs> First <yes>. of all, <laughs> uh, he took Gose under his wing. That's terrible. <laughs> second of all uh it's a full-on like father complex for this guy man like he goes and he's lying to these kids he's never given them enough information he's putting them in a lot of danger and he's like culting them like they're he's literally making a cult for these rangers you, you just verb cult i want to point out <laughs> yes he's culting them <laughs> the writer in me is kind of impressed i i have seen i, I could feel your eye twitch <laughs> but yes uh so he's creating this cult of these like constant followers and then he's also you know he's praising one over all the other ones he's always praising tommy always making sure tommy's like always good and he's always like kind of pushing everyone else so it makes them want to follow tommy and follow zordon a lot more it, it's he's essentially created a cult and cult leaders are a bunch of a-holes oh. well, i mean what? There's no disagreement there. Yeah. <laughs> no. hang, hang, hang on. I need to. I feel like I need to put my tinfoil hat on for the rest of this episode. <laughs> All right, let's go get them on, guys. Let's get them on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just. I was just curious because that is it. Because uh, we have watched your TikToks. We have listened to that episode about Rocky. We have heard you guys uh, kind of talk about that. We were just really curious. Like, where did you? Uh, like, where did you come up with with such a Bold not claim. out of the not out of the question the not out of the question uh uh theory but a uh, a one that you don't hear very often to be honest uh, well we're, we're not gonna lie to you at all because why why would we be a zordon about this uh sometimes we record episodes and we're sleep deprived and 
Those are some facts. <laughs> this is why Red Bull was invented. <laughs> and so sometimes our ramblings get a little bit out there, but I uh, I edit to make it all sound kind of closer together, and uh, it 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 mostly works. Anyway, so uh, Michael, never get on my case about being hyper caffeinated while podcasting ever again. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, sleep deprived conspiracy theories, it all works. Out. I actually oh, like yeah. you better when you're caffeinated, Nate. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, 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 all crazy conspiracy theories aside, guys, if for anyone who's not familiar with your show, please give us, like, who, who are you? What do you do? Uh, where can people find you? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, we are the Bulk School of Podcasting, uh, <laughs> of Ranger Podcasting. No, no, all podcasting. Oh, We're okay, take okay. It all. Oh, they've pro- they've come up in the world, right? We we've <laughs> leveled up one time. Are you sure you're not the bulk? Are you sure you're not the bulk Uncle Bulk and Spike of the po- of podcasting? <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I liked Uncle Bulk. He was a lot of fun, so I could take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I, I get it. Like Billy's rich, it's fine. <laughs> we don't know who he's married to. It's all good. <laughs> I was gonna say, where's uh, then? Where's his skull in this equation? <laughs> really? Not me. <laughs> I'm the big boy of this family. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we are we the Buckles Call of Podcasting. You can find our show almost anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, and we uh, we talk about Power Rangers and fan stuff. And we we do a, uh, we interview a lot of fan creators and we uh, we talk about what's happening. And we've been branching off of Power Rangers as well. So we've been starting to get more into Gundam, uh, a little bit of anime here and there, uh, and some other shows. And so we're we're starting to branch out a little bit. And we're 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 working with a, a group of people. Uh, which is our Zero to Hero members, like uh, Baker Rangers, uh, Neon Lights, uh, Iron Avenger. Uh, all these people can be found on YouTube and TikTok and sure. on our website. Sure. And uh, we're, we're creating a little place, uh, a little group of people to uh, work together and uh, make each other better. You're, cre- you're creating a, a sort of, uh, what do they call it? A network of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like a, a small network <laughs> of creators <laughs> where we help each other become better at our craft. Yeah. It was sure. either uh, it was either network or cult, and we chose network. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so for a hot second, you were Zordon and Alpha looking for podcasters with attitude. Is that how this works? Uh, I had well, a joke for that, but I'm they not going to say it. To us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, what I find really interesting about y'all's show is you do put you do give a spotlight and give the plat and give a platform for some smaller creators and mm-hmm. some creators that. Uh, uh, people don't necessarily know of so that's so good on you guys for doing that i mean michael they had us on pretty early on we may owe our success to them (laughs) i will never admit that i will never admit that openly never (laughs) but no thank you guys for coming on it's it's been a minute we've been we've been wanting to have you on have you guys on for a while we did the we did the Saban era by ourselves just because we wanted that experience. But you know what? I am so happy that we've been able to share the Disney and Neo, and we're going to be sharing the Neo now Saban the Neo era. Saban yeah. now the Neo Saban era with our friends. So that's always that's always a treat. But Nathan, uh, enough rambling aside. Give us the epic plot synopsis. 
Ancient demons called Nylak escaped from the underworld and set their sights on flooding the world with the rancid waters within which they were imprisoned. But Mentor G assembles a new team of Power Rangers descended, supposedly, from the samurai who first sealed the Nylak. With each attack, the Nether River rises, so the Rangers are forced to seek help from two outsiders and unlock new super samurai power so victory can be theirs. Assuming the Red Ranger can survive the challenge of an obsessive rogue Nylak. Dun dun dun! Dun dun dun! Okay, so, so Nathan, we are squarely, well, I wouldn't say squarely, but we are starting our journey through the Neon Saban. Ne- Neo. Neon, neon, neon Saban? The neon. Ne- the, I, there, I, there were there was a, a, a decided lack of neon lights in this show. I think right. that might have helped it. Actually, <laughs> I did notice that there was like a surprisingly low amount of of explosions as well. But <laughs> I, I never would have thought I would miss the callous explosions, I but that's only because Flynn explosions. knew how to use them. <laughs> <laughs> like once they figured out they got to take it out of the show, it's like oh they're getting used now. Well, we got to take out the show. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. So so this is my very first like. This is my very first time watching Samurai. I've always, I've, I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had, I wasn't, I wasn't into Power Rangers during the time of its first airing on television. I'd kind of grown out of that and look at me now. Um, <laughs> and, You're podcasting with these two knuckleheads now. Right. Or right. is it three? Mm, well, it's two, it's two knuckleheads and an ass. Uh, oh. <laughs> you guys decide which one's the ass. Uh, <laughs> oh, so many dragon daggers. I'm just anyway, moving on. <laughs> anyway, I really I say this about a lot of seasons, but I really went into it with an open mind. At least trying to be open. At least trying to have an open mind, Nathan. I'd heard that Samurai wasn't great, but I but like Operation Overdrive, I said to myself, you know what, self, it really can't be that bad. And then we watched the premiere. <laughs> and then we watched the premiere. So, uh, Nathan. Uh, you... Oh, Rant Master's coming. <laughs> oh, Rant Master's coming. Use it sparingly is all I can say. I make no promises. <laughs> so, Nathan, what's some background? Let's do a little bit of background discussion on this particular season. Uh, so, this is based on Samurai Sentai Shinkenger, which roughly translated is Samurai Squadron True Sword Ranger. Oh, which actually... I know from watching the anime Kenshin because <laughs> his name means heart of the sword. So as we already said, it's the first of the Neo Saban era. This is also the first season to air on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. So they switched networks again, <laughs> which it continued to air on Nickelodeon up through the first half of Dino Fury. Yep. So yeah, they, they're going to stay there for a while. The showrunner. And here's where we start running into some issues. <laughs> Oh, God. The showrunner was Jonathan Zakor. I hope I said that right. Who was a producer back during the original Saban era, but he left the franchise after Wild Forest because of the Disney buyout. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Jonathan Zakor was a huge fan of Shinkenger, mm-hmm. the Sentai. So much so he decided to just rip it completely off. Basically, yeah, he told the writers to stick as close as possible to it to meet deadlines because they were scrambling to get the dang show done. Also, Shinkenger is incredibly Japanese, and they were having trouble figuring out how to get around it, so they just decided to do things like set it in a fictional Japanese city called Panorama City, for example, 
And let me tell you, the farther we get into this, the more awkward it's going to get. Oh, we'll get there. Anyway, let's, yeah, Yeah. well, we'll we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, This is also the first Power Rangers season to get a super sequel season, because that's a thing in the Neo Saban era. Sure. Sure. (sighs) It's odd. Uh, It's also the first one, the first Power Rangers season, I should say, that didn't air the year after the Sentai did. This one was, I think, two years after the Sentai. Okay. Because, you know, they had Power Rangers reversioned, you know, the most mm-hmm. pointless season ever. Yeah, filler. <laughs> the the exact reversion. Yeah. <laughs> the exact definition of filler. Yeah. 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 And I'm already sitting here going, it's like, do I need to hit the button now? <laughs> no, no. Because the two-part pilot wasn't aired until toward the end of the first season due to it testing poorly with test audiences. I wonder why. Huh. Yeah, I wonder why. Funny how so that they happened. So the show launched technically with what was actually episode three. Hmm. Which I, actually, I can see why it started with episode three. Episode three was actually a pretty decent episode. Yeah, but it's weird that the launch of your show is a focus episode for one ranger. Eh, we've seen worse. But let's be honest, if they started with that pilot, probably would have killed the show. So so I have to ask our guests, Billy, uh, Jimmy, whichever one wants to answer first. Did you guys watch Samurai when it was on television or did you actually not see it until many years after? Like, when did you first watch Samurai? I actually watched it uh, here and there on Nickelodeon and I thought it was pretty cool. But then as I... As we were talking about this a while back, I re I went to go rewatch it, and holy moly! I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I went into this knowing that it probably wasn't going to be all that great, but I wasn't expecting it to be like Overdrive oh. or Turbo <laughs> or Megaforce bad. Right. God, that pilot. Yeah. Oh. oh, just ask Michael. I was calling him up. And, Buddy, we watched the oh. pilot together. Yeah, and I was just he like, left the room oh, and called no. you. <laughs> I mean, Michael <laughs> suffered through the pilot twice because he watched it on his own, and then mm-hmm. he watched it with me. Oh yeah, and oh boy, I uh, I, I remember I watched it as it aired, and you know, you had a week between episodes, so right. you had time to process how sure. bad it was. Like you, you know. <laughs> You had time to dilute yourself through the week, so it wasn't as bad. Yeah, but, man, but I, I will tell back, you right now, I had the to pilot. The, oh, so, well, coming back to it, you you realize you have rose tinted glasses on, like because I watched it, I was like, oh, it's not that bad, yeah. it's fine. And I came back, I was like, wait, yeah, <laughs> there's the something pilot, missing here. <laughs> yeah, the two part pilot for this is the worst. Oh yes premiere oh. i have seen for power rangers since the turbo movie and i think it's whoa, worse whoa, than whoa, a turbo whoa, whoa, movie whoa whoa whoa, whoa 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 sir whoa whoa we get to see kimberly hit jason and the testicles in the movie this is worse than that yeah. <laughs> wow yeah you don't get to see violence you don't yeah this is the worst pilot in 
I mean, the that's, entire that's, franchise, that, at least so far. That's saying a lot. We that's saying a lot. We've seen some pretty pretty mm-hmm. bad pilots before. I mean, yeah, this is the worst. In fact, I would dare say that early on, this was some of the worst Power Rangers I had seen, and I suffered through Overdrive. Well, However, I will say this about Samurai: mm-hmm. it might technically, because of how just just abysmal that pilot was. It might technically earn the award for most improved season because it managed by the end to get to, I would say, at least average. That's what I was like, going to say. That's what yeah, I was going like to say. Because the, the last couple episodes are pretty reasonable up till yeah. then. Eh. I mean, I feel like because my I'll, my first impressions were like you guys, like I'm watching blocks of wood talk. Duh. Um, so, oh my God, the dialogue is so awful. Oh, the why am is, I not hitting Grandmaster? The, the dialogue, <laughs> save it, say because you you want to make it special, Nathan. That's why you just want to you want to make oh, it special. Oh, Mega Force, it's gonna happen about every two minutes. I'm oh just, no, it won't. No, you're gonna won't. be done sort of your chair like, oh yeah, that was it. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this now. Go say is better than Zordon. Um, <laughs> you're just, I just I, what? just just I think just, I just, just threw up on him. I think I just threw up in my mouth, guys. <laughs> Billy, uh, we're leaving. We're leaving right now. <laughs> Rage quit. Anyway. Anyway, but okay. So I was like you guys. I was not impressed with the with the premiere. Like I, I but I do believe that the show got marginally better as it went along. Like I would say, by the time we get to Super Samurai, the show has gotten better. The dialogue is still really stiff. The dialogue, I think was better written but they were still under zakor's mandate to just adapt the sentai exactly they just stopped using google translate for the shinkenger (laughs) scripts is what they did yeah (laughs) you know at least you know all i can say is all i'm saying is jackie march and watching this show made me miss your magic touch (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah yeah. So you guys, uh, Billy, Jimmy, like going back to rewatch it, what were your initial re-first impressions? Uh, Billy, you want to take this one first? Because I, had, I, got, I got something to say about that. Man, I had to put the lid on the trash can. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I'll give you credit. Like, as the, it was pretty, I mean, literally like two puppets talking with monotone. No, no, like, uh, feelings or anything but as the show went on it did get a little better right. um then you find out that Jaden's a complete douchebag in a super samurai <laughs> uh my nickname for Jaden in my notes was punching face <laughs> oh my god the disney brain had so, so many had so many oh, he had so, so many golden nicknames for this guy he does yeah. not like Jaden. you know it was, my favorite it was usually some variation of our lord and savior Jaden christ i just yeah. <laughs> But cult, cult leader Jaden, yeah, yeah. So I, I did like, it. and plus I, I love like uh, Japanese history too. So then they actually took a little bit of tropes throughout like history of the Japanese samurai style, and yeah, imp- that's the Sentai. Yeah, imp- yeah. <laughs> implemented See, that was it into the most it. interesting part to me. Yeah, that was the most interesting so, part. Yeah. So I did, I did like those little plots they put in there. Uh, so we could talk about that later too uh, when they come up. So really quick. Well, no, Jimmy, you had some, you said you had something you wanted to say. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, going back, rewatching Samurai, I realized that, uh, I might've had brain damage in college. I was like watching in college. I was like, this is pretty <laughs> good. 
And then I realized. How drunk were you in college? <laughs> Consistently drunk for at least three years. <laughs> that explains everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot going on here that I think a lot of people missed going on behind, like, with the characters. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff going on that like, no one, I, I think a lot of people missed. And then it gets to the end and I'm like, oh, that was, okay. I, I was forced streaming this to my Discord server. So my friends would have to force watch it with me. <laughs> wow. I was so mad. That is cruel and unusual punishment, sir. I was like, we are going to watch this together because I'm tired of watching this. And yeah, that's, that's. Yeah, no. Yeah, like, honestly, I have so much to say about this show, but if it was not for this, if it was not for this podcast, I probably I would have probably given up after I'd say about ten episodes. About I was 10- finding it hard to keep watching after episode five. Like I was like, uh, this is a this is a slog. I hate watching this. I I I I have a full five minute like like curse fest at Billy on one of our episodes on why we had to watch Samurai. And it's mostly bleeps. <laughs> of that me just being kind of like what I hear with, with Michael. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And sir. Billy just muted me, and I'm like, "Well, you're gonna hear it anyways." You listen to the episode. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So let's get through this train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with the theme song. Train wreck is a very nice word. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the theme song. It's a cover of Go Go Prower Rangers, which is the problem. That's the problem. Musically, it's fine, because as I have said before, Ron Wasserman's Go Go Power Rangers is the Power Ranger theme. It is the icon, and it always will be. Right. You can argue that maybe there are some themes that are better, but this is the icon, and it always will be. Isn't this the one where they scream their names out in the middle? Of yes, the song? they yes, all do. That. This is okay. a, that's a trend yeah. that they started with yeah. this, and I'm like, so, why, why? My, uh, I, I watched it. I watched it on. Uh, I, uh, I watched it in a, uh, a way to skip the intro. So I skipped the intro for every single one of them because I watched it once, and I just I was like, okay, cool, skip intro just, from here on did out. Did they just? Is it? Do they really think that the Nickelodeon audience is so dumb they need to be told? who like, the characters I, are i don't think it was the Nickelodeon but only the so rangers I, I think it was oh hey we can this is a different way of doing this song it might really work uh, okay and okay no okay the immortals did it with that mortal combat movie theme but that oh, thing is ba no. and super cheesy you're just super cheesy you don't have any magic in it man like yeah ah, like, and you go- also don't have the scary deep voice guy yeah, no, like Actually, have... I kind of want that now. Can you imagine? There's a Jaden, <laughs> Kevin. It's like Mia. <laughs> like you have these New Zealand actors coming, and you're having them say their name in the middle of this rock tune, and they're not gonna. They're saying their name. They're not screaming it. They're just saying their names. No, get out of here. No. Yeah, that is not the appropriate energy. But this whole thing feels the fact that it's the Mighty Morphin theme feels really out of place. And I'm gonna say it. It feels unearned. Because other than the fact that this is a Power Ranger show and it's back under the ownership of Saban, I don't understand why this is here. 
I would just, just do something Nos- original, guys. Wait, this Nos- is an anniversary season. Nostalgia, it's, brand recognition. Is right. That's it. That's- and it's and this is going to start a very unfortunate trend that the new Sabato is going to do for a while with the nostalgia baiting. It's not worth it. Like this is also the same time when they came out the the, the legacy figures as well. So uh, the toy line was starting to pick back up as well. Oh, so that's it, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they this were was... just going all ham. I'm going to say ham too, because I don't like Saban. <laughs> right. Going, okay. Oh, on like nostalgia baiting everything. And like, I bought a couple toys from the, 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 the legacy edition and it, they were terrible. <laughs> Michael, figure. you got one from Wait, our hang friend on. Elijah that was signed by JDF. Wait, hang on. No, Michael no, 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 no. Dalton, sorry. That was that wasn't uh that wasn't the no, you're talking I'm not that's not the legacy. He's talking about what Bandai was putting out. Oh, the, okay. The ba- I thought band- you got what I thought you no, had one of those. No, that was that's I'm looking at it. I can't tell what the is it lightning is. collection? Because no, it's not lightning collection. It is it's an older figure. It's an older figure. It came out around the time of Megaforce, not oh, Megaforce. Oh. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that um, was okay, still, uh, a little different. Yeah, but so that, no, that I was when but, they did the really hard they they did it hardcore for that season. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Goodness. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, which but, like I said, it's just such an odd thing to do, but but the legacy, know, the legacy to Neo Saban. The legacy stuff was really coming out and picking up around this time too. And like the legacy collection, this is a little tangent, but the legacy, I really like the legacy collection. Like I specifically, I don't really care much for the, like the action figures, but I like the Zords because the, the Zords were so cool. Oh, yes. they, yeah, they did yeah. like full on die cast for the Zords and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, it was yeah, yeah. great. And uh, like the, the uh, they, they redid the MMPR like Megazord and that oh, yeah. fantastic Zord. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy. Okay, so Billy. Billy collects a lot more than I collect, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, we we both agree that the uh, the the legacy Zords are fantastic. Unlike these new Zap Zords are coming up from Hasbro. Ooh, toy hot yeah. takes. Anyway, so <laughs> anybody hot on the theme song, <laughs> sirs? Uh, no, I mean, it's it's a rip off. It's a cover of Go Go Power Rangers. Next, it's not even a good cover. It's not. It, it's yeah, like, it's just not the same without. It, it's like that band who plays at the Taco Shack, who tries to make it big but keeps failing at it because they're never learning the lesson. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody can be Pelic and Neil and Neil Stenson. I'm just saying. You you, <clears> you can't like you. Don't copy something if you if you're gonna copy something, right. copy it outright. Don't mm-hmm. like copy it and just change the name of it. Come on, man. Oh like, uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. That's why uh, I have some opinions about the Megaforce theme because yeah, I'm knee deep in that right now. Anyway, so let's talk about our Rangers who have the collective charisma of a brick. They have a collective charisma of Dax. Oh, no, that that's that's an Dax insult to Dax, better. I think. <laughs> Dax is much better. Because <laughs> at least Dax is trying. That, uh, that is actor is trying. Point. He may not be succeeding, but he's at least trying. Mm-hmm. I think mo- these. I think this cast is sleeping most of the time. <laughs> so let's yeah. start with jumping face. Him, uh, excuse me. Let's start with punching face himself. Jaden <laughs> Sheba, played by Alex Hartman. Why, oh why, oh why does this white kid have a Japanese name? Okay, okay. Why does okay, he have okay. a ball 
cut. Okay. All right. I want to get, can we, do we need, do we need to get this out of the way now or save it for later that this is by far the whitest Japanese, whitest Japanese this city is the I've white, ever seen. This, this is the whitest Japanese city I have ever seen. Uh, this oh is, like, did, did they just like designate a city where they send all the gaijin? I'm just saying. I, I want to know. I want to know. Just, okay. I'm Activated. sorry. We'll start. <laughs> I want to know, first of all, I want to know is why is there a bunch of white people running around in regular footage, but when they do like big, crazy monster explosion footage, what's all Japanese people? What's going on? Explain. No, it, it, Explain, it Samurai. No sense. It really makes no sense. So we have Jaden Shiba, who has a Japanese freaking name. Uh, a Japanese oh wait, house. I forgot. I forgot. We have, uh, we kind of have another Red Ranger later, and I don't know how to, how we want to handle that. You're talking about Lauren? Yeah. I'm going to put her underneath her brother here. Let me find mm -hmm. the actress. I don't think, I that, I don't think they go that uh, way. Kimberly, uh, blah, 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 blah. Hold on. I know it. Uh, Kimberly Cro uh, Crossman? I think it's Crossman, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, no. Why? 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 What's going on with this? Like, the only thing I can think of is like maybe generations ago, like, you know, a white family got involved with this Sheba family. Mm -hmm. and like crossbreeding and stuff like that kind of happened and like down the line now they're super white but still like and then why why is the why is the master polynesian <laughs> yeah it's just the whole thing makes no sense and you know what you know what if they were going to do this because the whole reason they did this because it's the red ranger in the sentai is has the last name of sheba so the whole thing about the sheba family and all of that that is from that's a holdover from the sentai but it is incredibly awkward here because okay. of that and you know what maybe they should have leaned into that maybe they should have leaned into the fact that these are a bunch of outsiders a bunch of foreigners who got themselves into these samurai families they mm. could have used that but that would have required that they diverged from the sentai yeah, like, okay, why, okay, I have a question. Why does only the Samurai Rangers have symbol powers in Master G? Like, it's not hard to, like, do. Is it, like, the Shiba family are, are bestowing these other Rangers with these powers? Like, is there anyone else could do it? Bulk and uh, Spike is, uh, over there doing, like, you know, Samurai stuff. Can they do yeah, symbol powers? Yeah, well, I guess What's going on? Cool. I, I guess they're not cool enough. And then, you know, we... Then we have the added problem of this this this, this team dynamics this is quite possibly one of the worst team dynamics here because Jaden Jaden is everything that was wrong with Sky and SPD at the start or even Nick, but without anybody pushing back on him and nothing of a character arc. Master that is the biggest G problem here. Never scolded this child ever. Like yeah. he, and none he of these rangers have the none of these rangers have the personality to push back on Jaden. Even mentor G, which we'll get to him a little later. Even he doesn't push back on this kid. I'm like, you know what? You, you if you would have thrown Jaden to say Kruger, he wouldn't have lasted five minutes. Kruger would have kicked this kid's keister all over the place. You know, you know, it would have been hilarious to see that. And he would have been a, such a, a much better, much better janitor. I mean, I wouldn't even give him Kruger. I, and screw that. Throw him at Sky. Sky would have kicked his butt you know so what? hard. 
let's let's do a deep cut. Let's start on the cam. Let's let Cam just be like, this is how a samurai acts, and just you know, yeah. He's like, you think you're a samurai ranger? Shut up, kid. <laughs> just, let me show you how we do it with the real samurai, because I'm actually Japanese. <laughs> let me bring the storm down upon you, buddy. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so I will say that I will say that the Japanese bits and the whole the overall concept of them uh, invoking kanji to do their magical samurai powers that's at least interesting and unique. Yeah, yeah, and I will say that that is from the Sentai. It's called it Symbol Power here, mm-hmm. and I did look up. It's called. I had it. I, I used to remember what it was called in in the sentai i can't remember what it was called in the sentai now it had a cooler sounding name mm-hmm. but the they lean into that gimmick which is a very japanese thing because because kanji i think are supposed to hold you know words in general language names and all that hold a more significance even power yes. in right. in japanese so mm-hmm. the thing that's interesting that's kind of unique about these suits is the visors are all kanji mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and in case anyone ever wondered I won't go into all of them because there's a list on the Ranger Wiki that has every symbol that was used in the whole show. Right. I'm not going to go over the whole list. I'll just tell you what's on the Ranger visors and uh, maybe one or two of the more significant ones. But for but for Jaden, his you pronounce either high or ka, and it means fire. Well, these will be yeah. really obvious once I tell you. I don't the, know. Maybe fire yeah, red. Yeah, the fire ranger. It me. It's pronounced either Mizu or sweet, and it's water. The green ranger. His is pronounced key, and it means forest or tree. Now the pink ranger. I'm a little surprised as a hardcore Street Fighter fan that I did not pick up on this because I have seen this one many many times over the years. But the pink ranger's visor is the 10 symbol. And if you play Street Fighter, uh, the character Akuma wears a gi that has the 10 symbol on the back. And you see it frequently for his wind pose. And it means sky. And then the yellow ranger, hers is pronounced either suchi or do. And it means earth. So there you go. And I let me look up the gold rangers really quick i know his means light but i don't remember how you actually pronounce it so give me a second here oh wait here it is yeah it is uh hikari or ko and then when they uh, when they summon their zords that kanji is cho and it means mega or super so those are all the really important ones we're learning something new every day. Yep. This is why I hired him, because he does all the research. And I take all the notes. But you do most of the editing. Anyway, so moving kind of- on. He uh, <laughs> Jaden also has a sister who... Who comes uh, in later. And, oh boy, <laughs> there is no way to win with this character. She I was thinking about this. There's just Jayden no way though. to win with she, this character. I you either get- come in, you either bring her in and she completely invalidates Jaden. You could do that. The way this was set up that you could have potentially done that. Mm-hmm. Or you do what they actually did, which is have her get completely overshadowed by her brother. Which it's not it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's a winning scenario either way. Yeah, because she was basically the the way this is set up is that Jaden is a decoy, which is from the Sentai. But in the Sentai, it makes a bit more sense mm-hmm. because 
Lauren's Sentai counterpart is a princess who also was learning the ceiling symbol to keep the bad guys from escaping. Right. So Jaden's Sentai counterpart was basically adopted into the Sheba family and they used him as a decoy. They said, he's the one who's learning the ceiling power. He's the one who's the head of the family because we want to keep this princess safe so she can do it. Mm -hmm. So there is that kind of self-sacrifice thing going here, but it's implemented incredibly poorly, which is the impression I get about, because I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, Shinkenger is better, but I'm like, if it's adapting it exactly, or as exactly as they can be, to the point where they're actually recreating it shot for shot at points, right? how is it better? And it sounds like, from what I've been able to gather, it boils down to better actors and a lot more attention to smaller details in the Sentai that ends up doing it. Mm -hmm. So, so one of them being, you know, the little details here, but then what ends up happening is Lauren, you had one job and she wasn't allowed to do that. She uses the ceiling power and it doesn't work because of a last second power up that our main villain gets. Deux evil machina. (sighs) Yes. Yes, there's your first rim shot of the episode. I will, so, I, I so, will like say I said, this. there's no way to win. I will which say is that- sad because she, Lauren is actually a pretty decent character. She cares about her teammates. She cares about her brother. Well, she's she a has an, the- a proper emotional life. I mean, you can like her. She's it's a possible. lot of the arch. She's a lot of the archetypes rolled into one character. Yeah, yeah. and she holds the distinction of being not the first re- female Red Ranger that goes to the captain of a squad from SPD, but she's the first main team mm-hmm. female Red Ranger. Right. The first and the first female Ranger leader since Jen Scott's in Time Force. Yeah. So she's got a lot of first wrapped up into her. But she gets the shaft because you know, of our Lord and Savior Jaden Christ. I mean, it's just—it's it's, it's pronounced cult leader Jaden Christ. Get it right. Yeah, cult leader Jaden Christ. Yeah, it's, it's just—like <laughs> uh, I said, there's no winning with this setup, Mm-mm. and I'm assuming that Shinkendra just does it better because, again, pays more attention to the little details and the acting's better. There, there's a lot of little details in like Samurai, Super Samurai that were just cut because they—they they was so rushed. It was such a rushed series. That they 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 just rush through all the little things, right? And right. We we get stuff like this where Lauren's such a more interesting character and she basically shafted the entire time uh, right. as like a background character who just gets slapped in the face. Yeah. Like, Disney Brain uh, had an interesting idea about what they could have done to fix it, but it would have really would have entailed a complete complete retooling. Saban ain't gonna pay money for that. No. Yeah, well, basically his argument was they should have started with Lauren. Basically wow. swap Lauren and Jaden. So Jaden comes in later. Mm-hmm. And you can even keep Jaden as the exact same character, mm-hmm. but he's the one who comes in later to kind of you know shake to shake things up. And then he's the one who he tries to do what Lauren was doing. But yeah, doesn't do it as well, and then Lauren gets to you know be the big dang hero at the end. But that would have 
required only, more time and money than Saban was willing to give. Well, them. the only thing that that solves though, is it gives the more likable sibling the spotlight, but we still wind up in the same that we still wind maybe, up. Maybe, but I think it would have well, been get, a little bit more compelling, especially if you handled it correctly, because the problem is that Lauren, we, Lauren we, we, is a decent character who feels like a poorly implemented plot device at this yeah. point. And also, in a for a character who hasn't had that great, he's had maybe two character arcs, and they were the same character arcs that he completely forgets about, which is stop being an a hole, <laughs> stop trying to be a lone ranger here, you know, you know, it just yeah. he forgets it in five minutes. And if if they would have gone this route where Lorne was like the Red Ranger for most of the season, we would got a lot less of Jaden. This is a true. A lot less of him. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Lauren Sheba, Kimberly Crossman. I should, should we should mention that. Apparently, there are people in the fandom who love Lauren and insist that she is one of the quote unquote, well, she is part of the quote unquote gold standard of Red Rangers because she's better in Shattered Grid. Oh, that story arc for hers is great. Uh, so, okay. So in Shattered Grid, uh, mm -hmm. she actually meets Jason and wow. they go off and they, they're working together and they, they really kindle a decent, amazing relationship. And uh, the writers realize this as they're writing, like as they're getting to the end of the, the Shattered Grid, they're like, oh yeah, Jason and Lauren, this could be a great like relationship. And they dawned on them that Lauren's like 25 and Jason's like 17. And so they just scrapped the entire thing. Like there was like one scene where like they have this really nice, tender, amazing moment with the Megazord. And after that, no, nothing. <laughs> because they're like, oh, hey, Nope. <laughs> we either have to Whips. age Jason up or just turn it about face. Whips. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say it right now. I think Lauren deserved better. Yeah. She deserved better yeah. than to have a wooden, a wooden brother who needed to have his face punched all the time. And yeah, definitely, <laughs> and, definitely yeah. The, the lady who played her did a great job. Yeah, she was a much, she was a much better actress. The, no, she, the was rest in, the she, she was in, she was incredibly likable from the get-go so yeah. um yeah Billy... and she and she did have issues that was the interesting <laughs> thing she had issues she kind of has a little bit of the same problem her brother has except it's more because she was isolated so much yeah. so she's not used to being around people she was it's not because that she has to be this lone wolf all the time oh, yeah. you know, it's what? she was she was homeschooled yeah, yeah, she was homeschooled. <laughs> yeah, and I can make the. I, I, hey, I'm the one who makes the homeschool jokes in this room because I'm the homeschooler here. Just, hey, hey, we went to public school. <laughs> I feel sorry for you, puppies. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway, Billy. Yeah, you, Billy, do you have any thoughts on Jaden? Our Red Lauren? Rangers. Yeah, uh, I definitely liked Lauren because uh, the first scene you see her, she handles business with the uh, lion folding zord single handedly, and then she gets the others involved. So uh, we didn't have to worry about old Jaden uh, screaming at the sky. Hey, let's get them together. Yeah. By the way, this was also clumsily foreshadowed too. very. Yes. They kept doing <laughs> things like, oh, my gosh, I have a secret. They were doing oh. that for multiple episodes. And I'm like, I was expecting something a lot bigger than I have a secret sister. I was like. What did you do? You used to work for the bad guys. Did you kill someone? What's did, going? Did anybody else get giddy for joy when when uh, Jaden packed his bags and was walking out the door? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of didn't care, although there was a part of me that's just like, huh? 
getting upstaged by your sister. But then the show's like, no, he's going to upstage her because it's all about it's all about Decker at the end. It's all. (laughs) Yeah. One of the one of the few bright spots in this season yeah. anyway can we move on to the rest of the team or are Please. we are, or are we gonna keep you know, ragging on our red rangers we can do that later all <laughs> right here we time. go so uh, you want to know how little the writers on this show cared about these rangers three of them don't have surnames i'm not kidding including our blue ranger kevin that is it he is just kevin Play by, I'm probably going to butcher this name. My apologies to you, sir. Neji D. Tige? Close enough. Something like that. So, what can we say about our Blue Ranger? He's a kiss up and he's hyper disciplined. And he bows to Jaden all the time. So, exactly. Like I said, he's a kiss up and he's hyper disciplined. It's all about the samurai lifestyle. Mm hmm. He Next. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> so our pink ranger, Mio Watanabe, the only Japanese person in this team. <laughs> on this team. The only one who would make sense to be the descendant of a samurai. Played by Erica Fong, so she's not actually Japanese. The actress is not Japanese. Uh, so Mia, she's really pretty. She's really nice. She is, she loves to cook, but she sucks at it and doesn't know, and nobody will tell her, so well, shenanigans ensue. Yeah. Lauren likes her cooking. <laughs> Lauren likes her cooking. Because she's a homeschooler. Just, yeah. And doesn't know any better. <laughs> like, okay, okay. And, that, anything that, else? That whole, oh my God. The one interesting thing that Mia has going for is the fact she has a brother. This is true. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And from what we know from the whole entire like lineup for this cast is that you are, you are going to, if you are the oldest, you're going to be the ranger. Right. Or you can pass it down to, if you become injured, if Mia got injured, we could effectively had the first in Canon pink ranger on the show. Male, Male pink ranger. Yes. Male pink ranger on the show. That would have been uh, that would have been an interesting move to do. Oh wait, I also forgot she can also sing with an auto tuner. Yes, randomly <laughs> sing that we didn't but know about. She has to use an auto tuner, so I guess she sings as bad as she cooks. It's like how we find out Jada can play the guitar at the last second of the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, it for setting yeah. that up beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks. Oh, Appreciate and it. Spike has a crush on her, both in civilian and ranger form. That was kind of cute, but it was they, cute. except it went nowhere. <laughs> I know, so dumb. So, anything else? Me? <laughs> Moving on. So, our Green Ranger, Mike, <laughs> who also has no surname. So, congratulations, Michael. You get two Power Rangers with name affinity. Ah! I have to wait until Beast Morphers to get one. And I just and I just have to say this 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 guy is probably the most likable character on. Yeah, this he's the only he's the only one who I feel like is be is tr- he's giving a at least a half decent performance. It's still terrible. He's trying, but it's still like- not great. Hector David Jr. is the actor's name, and his thing is he's the comic relief. He's, he's the party guy, and he butts heads with MMPR. Kevin because he's the opposite of Kevin. 
because he's, he's not very disciplined. That's he's, such an interesting character trait. Such an interesting, <laughs> yeah. Interesting and uh, but they learn to work together in an episode because Kevin and, is hyper disciplined and really precise and technical, but Mike is really good at being unorthodox and thinking on his feet. That lasts for one episode, and that's about it. Yes, it does. Next, <laughs> <laughs> and now, okay, okay. So this next ranger, this next ranger coming up, Emily, also with no surname, played by Brittany Ann Purtle. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, she at least has an interesting backstory with her. <laughs> with that, they do. Nothing they, with, but nothing. they do they do nothing with it. But it's at least interesting. I didn't say it was good. I just Sorry, said she's got the, Oh, I've got the sick sister. I but I won't say what she's sick from. Yeah, like, <laughs> but she's, she's so sick, sick from... she can't be the Yellow Ranger. So I have to be the Yellow Ranger. And for one episode, you see me playing a flute, which might have been kind of interesting. But no, nope, we're not going to do anything with that. She gets to yell at uh, Bulk and Spike really well. Oh yeah! Oh yes! Yeah, so, okay, <laughs> the drill sergeant thing was probably the best thing she did the entire show. Okay, I will give her that. That was impressive. It she was. stole a wig from Doctor K and turned herself into a drill sergeant. <laughs> that was amazing. The rest of it, meh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next. So that's our team. On to the sixth <laughs> ranger because we do have a proper sixth ranger. He's a gold I will, ranger. I will, Billy. I have to give Billy a shot. I have to give Billy a chance here because you guys are hogging the conversation. <laughs> well, Billy, uh, be all quiet and stuff because he's like, I don't know. I want to do hey, samurai. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be calm and collective because I have a rant at the crossover episode. Okay. Oh, that's Clash of the Red Rangers. Oh. Okay. I uh, have one too. <laughs> anyway, so our six major Antonio Garcia, played by Steven Schuyler, who decided he had to make up for the rest of the team's lack of charisma by having too much. I mean, so we go from blocks okay. of wood to a five-year-old on Red Bull. Okay, so you, Anto, Antonio remind. I was a theater kid growing up. I was a theater kid in high school. So Antonio reminds me of all the theater kids I hung out with in high school, mm. in, in middle school and high school. That's who he reminds you. He's like, stoop. Go ahead, Billy. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like Antonio, uh, when the flashback scenes after he left the dojo, or the, the oh house. good with the awful child yes. actors. So I feel like after he left there, he went to public school and ate crayons. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, maybe now I will give Mister Skyler credit. As the show goes on, he mellows out. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. You see it. He you does see. mellow out. So I will give him credit there. But with those first couple episodes he was in, I'm like, dude, are you trying to make up for everyone else being blocks of wood? Tone yeah. it down. But the, please, but I, this is coming from a guy who is well known for his energy levels. Mm-hmm. You need to tone it down. Well, no, yes, you are well known for your energy levels, but not your charisma. Anyway, I, um, the, oh, yeah. I do give him credit because, like, their symbol powers, they actually have to, uh, like, write out their symbol power, but his symbol power is digital. Okay. Yeah. Also, the I most like interesting that. thing about him is that he is but a humble fisherman. Yes. He's not a real samurai, but okay. he wants to be one. So yeah. this is my thought real quick. Okay, so Antonio has symbol power, right? Sure, so he right. can manifest symbol power. 
but no one else can. It, I, I'm telling you, it's part of the damn Shiba family that they bestow upon people symbol power. So Jaden could have been like, oh, you have symbol power, Maybe. my friend. And he gets symbol power, but he doesn't give it to anyone else. So only the Shiba family could bestow on the people symbol power. Maybe they like do like family blessings, like when you go ask for someone to get married and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So looking at this team who are all supposed to be related to samurai, we have white guy, white girl, black guy, <laughs> a, uh, white Asian guy. girl. So we get one. We got one proper Asian girl. White guy. No, uh, Mike. No, actually, Mike is Hispanic. Yeah. Uh, Hispanic guy. White girl. Hispanic guy. Hawaiian, I think. Hawaiian. Oh. Po- Polynesian. Polynesian. Yeah. Oh, Antonio. Yeah, yeah. he's Polynesian. Oh, well, he keeps talking in Spanish all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's, still, the show did that, and yeah, that no, was so dumb. He's he's Paul. He's still Polynesian. Fantastico. Yes. <laughs> Good as gold. Oh, and this I, I is also the first season where we introduce a team catchphrase. Samurai uh, Rangers, victory is our. Shut up, Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> like Samurai Rangers, victory next episode. <laughs> We're not going to deal with this today. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So what else do we have? To, oh, well, and also, I just want to put this out here. Nothing against the character, nothing against the actor, but this is the most boring Sixth Ranger introduction in the entire franchise. And this oh. is yeah, he just, he just with, and this is yeah. with, including Dom showing up during the writer strike portion of Jungle, of Jungle Fury. <laughs> I don't know. I think I like. I'm going to go on a limb and say I kind of like Antonio more than Dom, at least. No, I'm, I'm talking about his introduction, not the well, character. I mean, they're, the well, okay. so they're, they're both pretty boring introductions, to be honest with you. But I still think I still think Dom's was at least a little bit more interesting. Ah, maybe because he's been trapped because he's been a nomad for however many years. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. But, you know, and but they're both pretty boring. Yeah. Now, but, what Antonio kind of brings here and the Disney brain pointed this out, but they don't lean into it enough. You, you talked about how, you know, his symbol power is digital. He has, a, they all have cell phones as morphers, which is kind of odd, but he's really into the technology side of things. So you would think he's supposed to be more like the modern guy to contrast with the other characters who are more traditional in nature, but they mm-hmm. don't really lean into that. I, I also want to say one other thing about Antonio uh, real quick. I'm pretty sure Antonio was in love with Jaden at some point. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> everyone yeah. in this show is in love with Jaden. Well, no, no. Like, hear me out on this one. It, it's okay. more than that. I'm pretty sure Antonio's gay coded through and through. So he he leaves. Okay, so a child leaves. All right. He comes back to his own, his friend who accepted him for who he is. No questions asked. He made his big appearance. For his friend who accepts him, no questions asked. I'm pretty sure, like, he was out and about and, you know, came back to the one friend he knew he can come out to because he wasn't going to ask any questions. Like, okay, cool. You're here. Yay. I honestly honestly did not pick up on that. I I, I didn't pick up on that either. I I just went with the their best friends and I'm not going to rat on my best friend. I mean, I honestly, I just, I just chalked it up like i said before i just chalked it up to him being like one of the like one of the theater kids i grew up with in uh in um in high school that was a a lot of them were a little bit more flamboyant and flamboyant (laughs) yes flamboyant exuberant uh but 
they weren't necessarily gay. I don't know. It's, I didn't really pick up on that, but it's inter- It's at least it's really interesting thought though. I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. Like, well, like Antonio is very flamboyant and yeah. they never talk about his relationships at all. He never has a relationship outside of anything. And he's very, very loyal all the way to a T well, to Jaden. I, I think only, we only really see two of these characters get into relationships and that's and Mike and Emily. Cause I have but not until the last episode. <laughs> and I, I'm going to get into that when we get down to that point. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and apparently yeah. Ellen, I mean, Mia has people crushing on her, yes, but she's too ditzy to notice. Or, well, I I will get in, like, when we get to the last episode, I I have a whole theory about the relationships and why it happens like this, Mm. and we'll get to that. Okay, well, anyway. Really, really, you just ruined everything. Okay, (laughs) well, you guys got any more opinions on Antonio? Because now we got to get to the, because if not, we got to get to the supporting cast. Next! Next. Whoa, 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 they look cool, but they're also a little nuts. Yeah. I would say uh, they give off a little over designed. Yeah, I like how they give off the design of like a hakama or like kimonos. So I kind of like. that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, especially. Are you talking about when they do the power up mode? No, no, no. The super samurai. Oh, but this is actually the first season that they introduce cockpit armor too. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which, that, yeah, that is true. That yeah, because when they go into when they go into their uh, mega mode, yes. they when they get into the cockpit, the Zord, the yeah, they have different costumes when they go to the yeah. Zords. And then the the only one that changes color is uh, Antonio. He goes from a uh, blue and gold to black and gold. Mm. So. Which is really, I I personally I think Antonio's costume out of all this is my favorite. But I'm a sucker for blue and gold. You know, go WVU. Um, but yeah, or Michigan, wherever you are. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I, I mean, well, I like yeah, the my school colors were purple and gold, and then black uh, and gold. Of course they were. Um, I don't remember my school colors. It's fine. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> no, but yeah, the, the the suits themselves were interesting, mm-hmm. though. I think the uh, the whole like circle spin disc thing was ridiculous. Well, it's all very, it's all very toyetic. Yes. Like their yeah. weapon, their weapons. Like, we're going to sell ups. toys today, guys. We're going right. to sell toys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Power Rangers has always been plagued with that kind of sensibility, mm-hmm. even well, from the, even from the early days. Right. But it becomes very obvious. It became really obvious in the Disney era and it's become extremely obvious. Yeah. I think so we're big. starting to get to an era of Super Sentai where everything is starting to get over designed the yeah. suits here with the crazy helmets maybe like walk right up to the border of being too over designed the zords oh good lord oh yes we'll get <laughs> yeah. to them they are really over designed mm-hmm. and well like well okay so back to the toy thing real fast is well they got the super suits like the megazords the mega mode for the the cockpit which was entirely an american thing because they want to sell more freaking toys that is another set of toys for kids to buy and same with the 
stupid samurai like the the super samurai or the uh the the shogun mode oh my oh, god shogun mode is right they made a shogun mode <laughs> like, for each character so that's well, another well, the set of toys thing is, is we only really see two i think two of the three, rangers yeah, we see three blue of them and red three of them yeah, yeah not we don't see all of them actually do we see a distance shot with all of them but that's the goofy thing is the power up modes you know, Shogun mode and Super Samurai mode, they can only do it one Ranger at a time. They can't do the full team. And I'm like, yeah, it's, like it's like, this is even worse than a Battleizer, guys. I'm just you saying. You just teasing us with this to go buy the to toy? Turns, no. Guys. <laughs> it teaches kids how to take turns, guys. Come on. Yeah. Like the, no. Next. Oh, well, yeah, because <laughs> exactly that's part of the dialogue in this. It's incredibly didactic, in the, in the, especially in the first season. It's got a... Just spell out the the you know that's for you. That's that is something that I noticed with this, and I'm definitely noticing it with Megaforce. Not, oh. the, not the harp on Megaforce too much yet, but uh, the we dis- don't talk about Megaforce. <laughs> 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 but the dialogue is so descriptive; it really just dumbs it down. And it's not just for Megaforce. It's with it started uh, with that's Samurai. why. I'm, seriously, were they what? What did they think was the audience for was the Nickelodeon audience? What were they trying to pander to? Because there well, are Nickelodeon shows that are a heck of a lot smarter than this. I want I want to bring up one thing you said earlier about how they were literally just translating Japanese to English. Mm-hmm. Japanese is a very very descriptive language. Like it's, it's very straightforward. It is. Like you yeah, have and, to although, be descriptive about everything. Although and, I will say one of the things that really bugged me in the first season is the ridiculous overuse of voiceover that drove me uh, nuts. I'm like, yeah. what is this? The theatrical cut of Blade Runner? What the fuck are you doing? I don't need this much voiceover show. Like just wh- you're show. Not, Stop you're not telling and just show me. <laughs> Stop it. Uh yeah, no. So oh, like, that's my thought hit, on that. Where's that where's Rant Faster? I need to start <laughs> punching Ratmaster here. <laughs> like, save, let's it. Just, save it. But yeah, save no, it. like well it, it, I, I feel because they stopped doing it in season two, it was a little easier to deal with in season two because mm-hmm. I feel oh, like yeah. they stopped just directly translating the script over. Yeah, they actually started writing like the he, she, them, they stuff as are writing it because you know, Japanese it's different over there than it is it over is. different languages. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Are we done? Next. Supporting Next. Cast? Yeah, supporting cast. Are we ready? With Michael's <laughs> blessing, or can we go to supporting cast? <laughs> Billy, you're going to say, stop, stop. Let's go back. Uh-uh. Well, you know, let's. I want to circle back and, and talk about Jaden some more. So anyway. <laughs> Why? Uh, the show talks about him enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cult, man. At the time, it's a cult. <laughs> you get sucked in. You're done. Oh my okay. God. So, so we have to talk about our supporting cast. Yes. And this has to be the worst mentor of the entire franchise. Oh, I good will ta- hang, hang on, hang on, activated. Oh. Hang on, guys. here we go. Uh, Nathan, I, hang I on. I do not like. Okay, let me say, Demetria at her most obtuse was more helpful than this guy. I will take a CGI guinea pig over Master G. Played by Renee Nafahu, who, who played previously Grum. played Emperor Grum. He played freaking Grum. I'm the like, what? The Magnificence. I mean, <laughs> you went from that to this. There is no Magnificence in this character or this performance. Okay. So you remember in SPD Grum, the, the little girl living with Grum, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember yeah, the name yeah. from the top of my head. But she was like kind of bratty, a little annoying, right? Right? Yeah. She's still better than Jaden. <laughs> What happened? <laughs> what, what, pow? what happened? Anyway, what? I don't know. 
You, what makes this even worse, as I thought, is like mentor, his title or something? No, I think it's actually his name. They literally named him after the character in the Odyssey who was training Odysseus's son while he was gone. That is where we get the word mentor. And he can't mentor to save his life. <laughs> he has like one kind of good moment with Mike. And that's about it. And that's apparently it. he rides a motorcycle and for about 10 seconds at a, uh, a time. And by that, I mean three times in the 45 wait, episodes of the show, he, he also, gets involved in a fight. He also, he also can play the guitar and he can play the guitar. So there's potential to make him cool, but they do literally nothing with him. He stands around. He offers little to no advice. Wait, wait, he doesn't wait, push wait, back wait. on Jaden. He also has flames on his helmet. This is also true, but I'm just <laughs> saying, I mean, the only, uh, just, you know how it's Master cult, Splinter man. and Ninja Turtles would sometimes get caught by the bad guys, mm. which was just kind of odd. But then later on, they're like, you know what? Master Splinter is, is a badass. So they just, let's, they did the complete opposite. We don't get that with Mentor G. It's just, I, I just, I can't, it's just, he's I just there. There's one moment with Mr. G I actually like, and that's that moment when he's actually like hurt and um Antonio's taking care of him. And him and Antonio have that little back and forth of like Antonio's asking, Do you need something else? Do you need something else? He's like and G's getting more and more progressively annoyed until he starts throwing things at him. Yeah. And I was like, that's the best moment the whole show. Yeah, yeah. There's like yeah. some moments where uh, he has some moments like that, I will admit, for what I remember taking notes about that, but I I've that's about it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really about it. He's just Next! Other, yeah, otherwise he's just there. <laughs> well, Michael, do we want to briefly mention the the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room? I wouldn't necessarily call it an eight hundred pound gorilla in the room because I didn't even know that. I didn't know this, and I don't imagine a lot of well, we'll just... acknowledge it in case anyone wants to bring it up. Yeah, to let's us. just acknowledge it really quickly. But it seems yeah. as though um, it seems as though Mentor G got into a little bit of. Uh, trouble in real life for yeah. mentor mentor g was a little too handsy yeah mr nafahu was put under house arrest around this time actually for six counts of sexual misconduct basically with probably why he never female acting students it's probably Man, why he never leaves that stabbing a roommate with a sword dang <laughs> yeah we'll get to him momentarily yeah. we've already talked about mr medina's trouble with the law so we're not going to bring it up again but our next character do we want to talk about them separately or as a pair i Let's say talk have about, to talk about them as a pair yeah you kind of have to talk about it as a so pair. we have bulk bulk is back played by bulk. paul schreer and his nephew his nephew spike skullovich yes skull managed to marry someone and have a kid i'd like to know when that happened probably when bulk left him behind to go to Terra Venture, but how the heck did Bulk get back? Why is he back? I don't understand. But anyway, Spike is played by Felix Ryan. Spike, you're not your Spike. dad. I'm sorry, but this, the whole Bulk and Spike shtick in this again just felt like a desperate attempt at fan service and nostalgia, uh -huh. and it's it's not the same. I can tell Paul Schreer is trying, but he's nearly 20 years older at this point. Yeah. And it's just not working. When he's passing himself off as a high schooler, I it's I think it's easier to accept. Yeah. But so, you know, this feels like almost like a regression 
well, maybe not a regression because he's not trying to bully people. They're trying to quote unquote become samurai, which I guess makes some sort of sense. After I mean, it's it's destruction. Why, why don't it's they have some powers? It's rehashing an old, uh, I think it's MMPR season two storyline where they wanted to be Rangers. Yes. Or they yeah. yeah. Or in uh, Doomsday, they tried to pass themselves off, pa- did, pass themselves off as superheroes. Yeah. Did you guys watch uh, any of the, like uh, any end of interviews and stuff before uh, pre Samurai on the run up to Samurai? No, they're, they're out there. Uh, and one of the f- the best ones is Paul. He's sitting there doing an interview about Samurai, about why the why he's going to be back. And like they have this like really fun little clip show, and he's like, "Yeah, Bulk is back." He's like, "Well, why did he come back? They offered me more money." <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, "Done." Oh, it's like Spaceballs two: The Search for More Money. Yeah, no. <laughs> he was also he was also a uh, he was also a consulting writer for the show as well for the season. I think. Oh no. Uh, but yeah, he came back because they offered him like, "Hey, we'll we'll pay you money," and like he's much a lot during the interviews. Like, yeah, they'll pay me more money. It's fun. I I do give him credit. Bulk the Spike do have a couple really hilarious Great one-liners movie. when they, especially with the bubble gum, and they say it's bubble time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they they've got some nice zingers and everything. But the problem I have with this is that. They feel like they're in a completely separate show most of oh, the time. They yeah. have yes. little to no interaction yes. with our Rangers. They mm-hmm. they're just there. They're like a season long B plot that doesn't actually yeah. connect. To yeah, the that does that hardly ever connects to the A plot. At least Bulk and Skull in MMPR were interacting with the Rangers every single episode, mm-hmm. whether it was in civilian or Ranger form. There, like, this is the bulk. This is the bulk and Spike show in the middle of mm-hmm. Power Ranger Samurai. It, yeah. It's like it's like the uh, it's like the uh, the uh, the Black Pirate comic and the in uh, Watchmen. Not it even that. At least it doesn't connect the, at all. At least that <laughs> is actually thematically connected to the show. I mean, to the rest of the of the story. This is just kind of there with the barest minimum of connection because there would be Samurai. Why? Yeah. Why does every white person in this <laughs> in the show want to be a samurai? They're all otakus. <laughs> Apparently, they are. I just uh... they're otaku nerds for hist- historical oh, Japanese bunch things. of weebs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will say this: now, but... actually, you know what? That would have been kind of funny. It's, like they're yeah. not actually descendants of samurai they're just a bunch of weebs that managed to get themselves <laughs> recruited to be power rangers oh. <laughs> that would have oh. that would now see there's a concept i could get behind <laughs> it was good to see it was it was good to see bulk back mm-hmm. but i wish they weren't trying to just rehash the old shtick yeah. that, that's, that's, it's not even yeah. a good rehashing of the shtick I will say, I will say, Paul looked like he was having a good time. He does. Yeah. He does he, look he like he's having a, having a good time. time. I do think Mr. Ryan is probably mm-hmm. having a good time. He's just not as good at this as his. As... He's also a lot younger, and I, he's not nearly as experienced as. Yeah, you know, I think is, so. Paul is. But I mean, I'm just thinking back, Michael. This feels like a long time ago now because it kind of was. But I think you, when you and I talked about Bulk and Skull in our earlier episodes, I think we we're comparing them to like classic comedy duos you know like Abbott yeah and laurel Costello. and hardy, Ab- laurel and hardy. Costello, yeah yeah you know that kind of you know uh, you know old school vaudevillian 
physical comedy, you know, absurdist sort of stuff. It worked there. I honestly was a little afraid when I started watching Mighty Morphin again at, for the first time in years that I was going to cringe at those moments, and I didn't really. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I would say I cringed at Bulk and Spike in this, but I didn't laugh nearly as much as I did in MMPR. There's a, there's a couple scenes I skipped over, but I'm like, yeah, we're going to skip yeah. over this one. It just wasn't working. And I... Yeah. It's just one of those things. I look back on this show and I'm just like, Saban, what happened to the magic? Money. You, the last time you touched Power Rangers, it was freaking Time Force. What <laughs> happened? <laughs> yeah, money. Money would happen. Zach would have money. Like, they're like, we can redo the, if we hit the nostalgia points hard, we'll make as much money as, you know, we ever want to make. So they're like, yeah, we're just going to hit all the nostalgia and we're going to bring back bulk. We're going to bring back, you know, we're not, because uh, Skull is in the Actors Guild, right? The guy who plays Skull, Jason Harvey, he's in the yes. Actors Guild, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they really didn't want to bring him back. Yeah. And they got him for one of, episode. He yeah. makes a cameo. But Bulk, I, I believe, is not in the Actors Guild. So, or Paul Shriver's not in the Actors Guild. So they brought him back. Yeah, I, offering him a I'm a little and, confused by the. It seems I don't know if it's still the case, but it seems like Power Rangers has always been a non-union show. Although I yes, don't know if that changed almost, with Hasbro. Uh, Hasbro is kind of up with air about it at the moment because Hasbro's like, well, if they're gonna be, if we're gonna have to pull people in from the Actors Guild because it's spend more money. And it's fine. We're going to keep throwing money at this because they're making money hand over fist yeah. for Power Rangers at the moment. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, oh, so this I, is a great investment. <laughs> yeah. I, so I don't know if, if I don't know if the franchise is still a non-union show, but the fact that it's a non-union franchise has caused some trouble. Yeah. <laughs> to say uh, the least. <clears throat> Jason. <clears throat> Scott. <clears throat> Zach. <clears throat> what? <clears throat> <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, are you okay there? Yeah. What? Uh, it's got something stuck in my throat. Sorry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Take a might want to take a little bit better care of yourself there, Jimmy. <laughs> it was just before we move on. I was just gonna say it, it was just it was good to see it was good to see Paul back. It was good to see Bulk back. But I, I will say, watch the interviews. You will get so many good laughs out of the interviews pre Samurai mm-hmm. coming into the show because the yeah. dude's hilarious. Yeah. Still, I was gonna and- say I think something that needs to be noted is both Paul Schreer and. What was the other guy's name? Uh, Jason Narvi or Felix Ryan? No, no, Sp- uh, Skull. Uh, Jason Narvi. J- Jason Narvi. They're actually, they are genuinely funny guys. They oh, really yeah, they're are. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> we we, uh, we had an interview with uh, someone who had uh, a nice interview with, uh, we heard secondhand uh, about Jason Narvi as if, you have if you're in his acting class and you have the power just theme song on your phone like it goes off he's like flips out like leaves a room like a rampage leaves a room comes back all right continue <laughs> like he slip he just like flips it just switches into character for a, yeah. sec- for a hot second <laughs> yeah oh but you know uh, we, we we've had some interactions with paul Shire on twitter and it's been great michael what? Jot this down. Have uh, have Mr. Narvi on the podcast and try that. Oh, it's God. Very difficult to get him on the podcast. Heads up on this right now. <laughs> get him on he the podcast is. and let's test that. We'll just like. He is on Cameo, by the way. So if you want to get him on Cam- Cameo, he's on Cameo. A uh, hot dang. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next. Yeah, next. So the bad guys. We're going to breeze through this in 10 minutes. <laughs> Uh, let's make it five. No, I don't. I don't think so. Let's okay. So, 
I don't normally say this, but let's get all the main villains out of the way first, because I know we're going to park on at least two of them. On two of them. Yeah, okay, I take it back. We're going to spend 20 minutes on this, 15 of which will be on two characters. Uh, we do three? I only like one of them. Yeah. So anyway, let's uh, let's get our main villain out of the way. Master Xandrid, played by... I, not uh, Played by Jeff... If I say this wrong, sir, I'm sorry. Zusterman? Close enough. Close enough. Master Xandrid, uh, Master let me down because we have been spoiled, spoiled for multiple seasons with highly proactive main villains. And he just this guy is a bum. <laughs> he's a drunk bum. He just lays uh, yeah, down he, his Sentai that. counterpart's a drunk bum. In this, he's drinking medicine because that's one part of the Sentai we won't keep. Because okay. it's a kid show, and how dare we have a drunk supervillain? But he does literally nothing. I mean, Rita and Zed in the original show were technically not almost never getting in physically involved with the Rangers, but their presence was still felt throughout. They were still doing things like making the monsters grow, actively mm-hmm. coming up with plans. Barking orders at the rest of the minions. They were doing things. This guy literally sits around and does nothing for most of the show. The only he's the only like major villain who is not intimidating, like at all. Like, I mean, he, which is he, which is sad because his design is insane. It's so cool, yeah. His design. Yeah. Looks he has amazing. a really cool design, and for what I understand, his Sentai counterpart's not really any better. He still just sits around like a drunk yeah. idiot. He's just a drunk pirate. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a drunk pirate. It was just like, it's, it's they wasted a good design on a lame character. And I really don't, because when he's not being a drunk idiot, when he's not being a lazy bum, he's just a typical Power Ranger villain. So he's yeah. not he all that interesting. More powerful balancing, uh, he's a slightly more powerful Power Ranger villain. That's about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but they hype him so much. They're like, oh, we have to learn the ceiling symbol well, so we can keep Master Xandrin from escaping. Oh my god, man. So what they do is you run around and say Master Xandrin's this bad guy. It was a super intimidating bad guy to scare the other cult members of staying in the cult, bruh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> pro- that's as good a theory as any. But I will tell you, I will tell you, here's the other thing. I was telling this to Michael. It's like, on one hand, the, his goal is interesting. The problem is, is that they don't explain the rules of this world well enough. So right. his thing is, I'm in base. It's not called this, but I'm basically in the underworld and I'm floating on the river sticks. I want to flood the world with the river sticks. We have to make it rise. How do we make it rise? You create human misery. And their tears, which is an interesting concept, yeah, you've, then their tears will make the river rise. That is actually a really interesting fantasy concept. Feels very mythological. The very problem open-ended. is, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, did everyone in the show forget that there are other acts of cruelty happening in the world besides the monster attacks. This river should have risen in about 10 minutes. Yeah. This, this, <laughs> yeah, this, 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 this 
river should have been overflowing by by episode one or by episode two at least by the first commercial break in episode one and come on come on the the holocaust happened why didn't it overflow that clearly clearly this river is being filled by the tears of people who live in panorama city that's uh, it yeah you see there are ways to get around these like it has to specifically be this city or maybe here's the better way to do it you just say it has to be filled by acts of cruelty committed by Nylock. Mm-hmm. Which that also, that's the other thing, which is kind of cool, but again, they need to put some limiters on this, which they kind of do. Apparently, the Nylock can move through cracks. Doesn't matter what the cracks are. It can just move through cracks. Those are portals <laughs> to the netherworld. So I'm like, so I literally got up when after watching the first episode with Michael on the phone and I stared at the gap between my bookshelves and I said, I'm waiting for you, Nylock. Come and get me, Nylock. And this <laughs> my legitimate question. Oh, no. If it's a really oh, no. big guy oh, and no. his butt crack is showing, will it come out of the plumber's crack? <laughs> oh. I knew it was coming as soon as I brought it up. I knew it was coming. That's my question. <sighs> Am I well, carrying around a portal to the Nylock's world? <laughs> I, I Am mean, I locked and loaded? I mean, I'm assuming that it often smells like brimstone. So, <laughs> am I am I good to go? Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, y- you might be. I uh, just uh, remember to keep your pants on for the sake of the world. <laughs> we clearly stated we're not wearing pants in this episode. Then you were going to cause the apocalypse. I hope you can live with that. If I mysteriously disappear, we all know. <laughs> oh. My goodness. Yeah, I knew that was coming as soon as I said it. But so but at least they put limiters on it because they said, Oh, the Ranger headquarters is has a protection spell, so they mm. can't do it there. It's like, yeah, why they could invade the headquarters really easily. By the way, that's a trope. That's a ranger trope that we don't get in this. The bad guys don't invade the ranger headquarters. They technically spy on them a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, Zand all that to say, Xandra's lame. You know, we, we got better villains from the Rangers. They at least stalked children. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> they did. Wow. Anyway, the I guess we, we don't need to go in order of the notes. Let's go to the next one, I guess, in terms of prominence. Octoru! I love Octoru. He has some of the best one-liners in every episode. He speaks this in rhyme. Because this is true. it's funny. <laughs> For his but character, he only says works. things that rhyme with his name. And that's fine. Like the uh, whoever wrote his character did a great job. I called him just... Cthulhu face for a while. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, like, whoever wrote his character, whoever wrote his lines, did a great job, and I will give them props because oh, they crap. made that sound great. Octoru is voiced by the same guy as Xandrid. That means there are scenes where he's literally talking to himself. <laughs> wow. I know. I need to double check that. I need to make sure you guys keep talking this multiple yeah this multiple they talked about is that okay. really did i get that right did i get that yes it is the same guy i have it has wow. been confirmed he's literally talking to himself i mean <laughs> he, he pulls he pulls a uh seth mcfarland <laughs> as basically as... now i will say octoru is at least trying to be a voice of reason which oh, yeah you need for a megalom a drunk megalomaniac like xandrid <laughs> drunk me- a megalomaniac lazy bum yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have something, Michael? I was just going to say that Octoru is often the most entertaining of the crew, of the main crew. Ooh, ah, ooh, 
Yeah. Ooh, ah, ooh, I hate you. <laughs> ooh, ah, ooh, you smell like poo. <laughs> God, I don't know. Oh my well, God! These... I did. I did write down we some Doctor are... lines. Let me see. We are full grown adults. Uh, your mouth is. Your mouth is like a convenience store, always open. <laughs> uh... I mean, he feels like what? What? What arch? He he feels the. I would. He, he doesn't necessarily feel our monster maker archetype because monsters just kind of show finds up. them. He just finds them, or they just kind of show he's up. Like comic relief within the bad guys, like order of operations. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's a jester, and honestly, he's like the better jester than Mike is, or Antonio, if you want to call him a jester. Mm-hmm. He's he's the yeah, best version well, of the I comedic guess, relief. Yeah, he's kind of the jester, like a squat and baboo, yeah. but with more significance because, like I said, he's trying to be a voice of reason too. Well, he's not even. I don't even think he's second in command, is he? Like, okay, this actually might be my favorite Octoru line. I bet this guy blows kisses at himself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is, Narcissus right there. I'm just saying. <laughs> at at what there, there's at one point oh. doesn't uh, Octoru actually try to defend against another big bad here? Uh, I think he does. He also does try to fight the Rangers on a couple yes. of occasions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there was. He a also co- comes up with some pretty good ideas to stop the Rangers as well. Mm-hmm. So he's a kid. He might be a better okay. villain than Xandrid because <laughs> <laughs> at least he's <laughs> doing better. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any Next. other thoughts on Oct- on Cthulhu face? Nope. Just okay. Uh, do we want to talk about Serrator next? Yeah, let's move into. He was kind of a glorified general for a while there, and he, he was also a bit more. He was definitely more proactive. He was working against the Rangers, and he wanted to overthrow Xandrid. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of fun. And this is one of the rare times you're going to hear me say this. This is an example where the writers working with uh, with Jonathan Zakur managed to convince him to let them do something different than the Sentai. Because Serrator's Sentai counterpart, for what I understand, is not that great. He's just kind of there. Samurai turns him into the Nylock Devil. He makes Faustian deals with people, which we'll talk about the people he makes the Faustian deals with. And I have to say, that sequence, that scene, that flashback, is actually pretty effective. Got to give you credit there. And it's, this guy's had a plan in motion for 200 years. Guy's a mastermind. Yep. It's, Played it's by like Derek the, uh, Judge, by the way. I should mention that. At least it's not 10,000 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything is 10,000 years in Power Rangers. Almost. Almost. So, just want to say, I'm impressed with this guy. And there were some points where... I, I thought he might have been doing some sort of variation of Kung Fu because he had a very particular kind of peculiar way of moving. There's a character in Street Fighter Six named Fang that who moves kind of like him with the big billowy sleeves and everything. Yeah. But I looked it up and I don't think they have the same fighting style, but still. And he also I, has I, his own little set of minions, the Papyrons, mm-hmm. who are actually kind of cool. I was like, can't we get more Serrator? I like the fact he like he was he he was trying to take over when Xander went down, and 
uh, he, he had his own plan. He has, he was ready to go. Like he was locked and loaded, ready to go. Just like my butt crack. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh Lord. Cut that out, please. Uh. Or don't, I don't care. <laughs> but his costume design was fantastic. He looked mm. creepy. He and did. I like the fact he looked creepy. He looked like, um, he looked like a demon who's going to make a deal with, you're going to make a deal with, uh, with the devil like he looked like something like that and yeah. i thoroughly enjoyed the fact that he had a plan he was making deals and he was straight up a competent villain in this season of incompetence for sure yeah i'm looking at his, his entry on the ranger wiki and it actually gives him five villain types what? oh wow yeah traitor boss ruler enforcer and warrior I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there you go. So arguably, well, I wouldn't call him the best villain in the show, but he's definitely better than Zandrid. I wish he was the main villain. Yeah, he would have a lot more proactively doing stuff. And as... he was and he was smarter too. He's more he's cleverer than mm-hmm. Zandrid. Zandrid is when he's not being a drunk idiot, he's just a brute force sort of guy. This guy is plotting. It, all the know. time well you gotta be plotting all the time if you're dealing with a drunk guy yeah well <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta I be mean, prepared <laughs> this is true this is true so kudos to you samurai you actually managed to slip something in that was actually better than the source material but you had to fight to do it tooth and nail tooth and nail for sure so then before we get to the highlights, the true highlights of the villains. Let's get our henchmen out of the way because we have three. Well, we have two sets of henchmen and then comic relief weirdos, kind of like the guys we have on the podcast right now. And- hey, hey, hey! <laughs> our our jokes have been mostly fart jokes. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know because you uh, because your butt cracks are portals to the netherworld. We get it. Anyway, so That's moogers. The do it. That's the way we have to do it. <laughs> yeah, moogers. They look like weirdo little nether demon things. Although they have the distinction of being the first hench. Well, no, they're not the first henchmen who grow gigantic, but they're the ones who do it on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. And well, when they do, they do grow gigantic. They change their color schemes a little bit, but I like the color schemes for the Moogers, the red mm-hmm. and yellow running around with the sword. Like that. It, it was interesting. Like it, it was then it, it lined up really well with the theming for the season. I, I thought it was kind of cool. Well, they're right. at least they're at least memorable. I mean, we've had some pretty unmemorable uh, ha- uh, foot soldiers before looking at you, Tyrannodrones. Um, <laughs> looking at you that one season, I can't really remember them all about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing is that there are very variants of the Moogers. I'm looking at right now. So we have regular giant flying purple. Master Blasters. So apparently somebody's playing old NES games and Colossal Mooger Cannon Company. Yeah. Incorporated. Uh-huh. Yes. Just so weird. <laughs> and like, I feel like they would could a lot more done with the Moogers, but they didn't do anything with them. Like they, they had a, almost an infinite expl- supply of them. They could have just kept sending them out. And they weren't doing nothing. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, and apparently a bunch of them ended up in like super villain, the super villain underworld because 
that's the whole Halloween special. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, so many of the Moogers keep getting sent here. <laughs> oh, look, we have new arrivals. It's more Moogers. The Halloween episode was pretty fun, yeah. It was it was the better, it was the best of the three clip shows that we had to have. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, that is something. Some that is something. Saban really dropped the ball with the Rangers here, but for some odd reason, the monsters are always entertaining. I'm like, why are the monster actors giving much better performances than everyone else? <laughs> they, they don't have to show their face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the, like just... maybe maybe the line director, like for the uh, for the voice actors, did a great job with it. I, I don't know. Are they actually remembered to give the voice actors coffee in the morning? I don't. Just, I, I I don't know. On set director was different from the voice acting director. Uh, probably, I don't know. Just <laughs> they were the monsters were consistently more entertaining than the Rangers, which seems to be a little bit of a theme. I think I remember that in the other terrible Ranger seasons, the monsters were more <laughs> Negatron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to him in a bit. And then we had another set of henchmen that didn't show up quite as often. I think they really didn't start showing up until Super Samurai, but the Spit Fangs. They were interesting. They were cool. I like those. They were very Sentai. Very. And they, they were really, really weird. And they looked like little monsters. Well, they weren't little, but they looked yeah, like monsters. I, whenever I look at them, especially with how the mouth is designed, because basically they're just, they're giant heads with, you know, with like little arms and little legs. Look, and you can tell like... that the suit actor is basically just kind of like bent over and then he'll stand up straight to make the mouth open. And it reminded me, weirdly enough, of Audrey. Two from I was gonna Little say, it, yeah, it looks like Audrey too. Yeah, it it reminds me of that joke from uh, uh Meet the Robinsons with the dinosaur, uh, the T Rex is like trying to grab him, but he's like, I have these really big hands, these itty bitty hands. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because their thing is they're basically mortars. They're they're living oh, okay. mortar cannons. They just shoot giant fireballs out of their mouths. That's all they do. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and like they had a lot of missed potential there too. But there's a lot of missed potential in this this series, like this, this yeah. two seasons. And all right, just goes to show you. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, let's get this over with because they are they exist only for comic relief. But the furry warts. Oh yeah, <laughs> the most interesting part of the entire ship. Because <laughs> they they're basically these little tribble things with angry faces that dangle from the ceiling they that will they up. repeat things like a parrot and occasionally mimic mighty morphin music cues because that's something else this show actually has the audacity to use mighty morphin music cues yeah they're they're covers so it's not just the theme song they're trying to do that too and i'm like this is not earned and it's out of place why are you oh wait nostalgia baiting that's right yeah so they they were the triple nostalgia baits uh that <sighs> worked far better in the star trek series yeah yeah and sometimes they would actually get killed which yeah. was kind of mean I'm like really just gonna squish them into dust bunch of jerks mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they're useless <laughs> but i feel sorry for them they they look like the uh they look like the uh they, they really look like I could have them on like the mess of the cat because they're on strings too. Like they're on like stretchy strings. So I can like tie one to a stick of mess of the cat. Like, Hey, come here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My head what? cannon is that Xandrid has a pet monster cat that just coughs them up. <laughs> so, so yellow furred monster so, cat. <laughs> so they're just, they're just hairballs. Yes. 
They're, okay, they're living hairballs that were coughed up by a giant demon cat. I need to, I need to go check my animals really quick. Hang on. <laughs> Nathan, whatever you're smoking, I want some. <laughs> <laughs> I am 100% sober, sir. <laughs> Did Michael so actually go check on the cats? <laughs> no, I'm still here. I was, I was just taking a drink of water. And I was going to ask, so do we want to move on to the actual decent yes. characters of the villains yes. now? Let's do that. So, do we want to talk about Dayu or Decker first? Let's go. Di- let's go with Dayu first, um, since uh, she is. Dayu she- has a laundry list of actresses. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Kate Elliott who does the voice. Then I hope I say this right. Rugen D- uh, Dubray, who played her, who played Dahlia, her human form. And then we had two voice. Uh, then we had two suit actors, I should say, Yuichi Hakasuka and Sane Hitomi. I like Dayu because she has a much more interest. We learned that she has a much more interesting backstory than maybe what's implied when we first meet her on the ship. Now, I will say I love that funny little a- interaction between her and Master Xandrid when she's playing the harpsichord and she starts playing the, the uh, that's the power not what it is but i'll look it up oh it's not what it is okay no. i was gonna say because it sounds and like she she's... calls it a harmonium which is technically not what she's playing uh, a real harmonium is not a stringed instrument gotcha um i was trying to think of i, I thought maybe it was a harpsichord but anyway but she starts no play- no 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 i know a uh, a harmonium which is what she called it that's more like uh, you know like a uh, like an organ or a piano Gotcha. Um, but she starts playing the Power Rangers theme song and Xandra's just like, stop it. Stop playing. Yeah. Yeah. She is there to play music to help him feel better. Right. It's to soothe him. To, to, to soothe, soothe his headaches, because much like <laughs> much like Rita, she <laughs> he gets headaches. I, yeah. I don't understand. Like, how is music helping her hangover? Like. What? They're like, headaches. They're not hangovers, man. They're, they're headaches. Like when I get hang- hungover, I go get some menudo and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> not play music the loudest I possibly can to not be miserable. <laughs> Billy, you've not really talked a whole lot. What are your thoughts on Dayu before while Nathan's looking this up? I think he passed out. <laughs> no, uh, I I like the character. I like the backstory that her and uh, Decker kind of have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the it instrument actually, that she has is actually called a shamisen. Ah, anyway, a continue, songen, or continue, a your, continue your thought, Billy. Oh, yeah. So I like it. And I like how it kind of plays out in the super samurai section mm-hmm. and you kind of see it and you see the tragedy they went through. And I like how like she's like cast it out and then like she turns and goes right back whenever she realizes that she can't fix her uh was it harmonium mm-hmm. harmonium that's what they call yeah. it yeah. yeah yeah so and and like she how she pledges her undying uh allegiance to decker mm-hmm. not decker um sandrid to fix it mm-hmm. so like her music plays a big part oh yeah and serrata yeah i feel like she i, li- I like how she uh like music is a real big part of her right. existence. She's right. a very abused character. She, she is. is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is a little bit of her. well, and she but she's not abused by her lover. She's exploited by others. Because yes. Dayu yeah. and Decker, 
we hinted at it when we talked about Serrator. Dayu and Decker are the people who make the Faustian bargain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, yes. what happened is that even though the time period is a little foggy, although admittedly what we see is a dream sequence, so probably can't take it literally. Right. Because Decker definitely looked like he was wearing a tux. But <laughs> Dayu and Decker were a young couple who would have died in a house fire on their wedding night. But and Dayu was barely able to save Decker, and then Serrator showed up and made the deal. Basically said, I will save his life and yours, but you have to become half Nylock. Basically a moon night thing. Yeah, it yeah. is basically a moon night thing. And you, she you s- makes the deal, but what she didn't realize, the unforeseen consequence was that Decker lost his memory and would forever not know who she really was. But she would always know that yeah. was the curse. Yeah. And I will tell you, that is a really compelling story. That is a really compelling idea. And it's not in the Sentai. That was the other thing that the other writers managed to get through to change because Dayu's Sentai counterpart is just a sociopathic woman who would murder men on their wedding night. Like she would marry men and kill them on their wedding night. She was just a serial killer, and then when she died, she became uh, whatever the Sentai counterpart to Nylock are. Right. I feel like the iteration we got of this one is far better. It is far better, <laughs> and Decker's Sentai counterpart had no connections to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. So that was actually an improvement, and Decker and Dayu are a couple of the things that managed to elevate Samurai a few notches. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is a big I was, part of why I say they get this gets most improved series. I was really by the time um, Samurai was over, we're heading into Super Samurai, and uh, we'll, we'll get to Decker in a minute. But when when Decker seemingly is defeated, I was a little, I was actually worried that we weren't going to see him again um, because I was like, that's the best the the dynamic and the story the backstory between behind decker and Dayu is actually the most interesting part of the show at this point mm-hmm. yeah yeah and because i was they they were hinting at there being some connection and i was genuinely intrigued and then when we finally got the flashback and i saw like oh my mm-hmm. oh my this, this feels is really a little out of place for this season and, and you you actually see that when Decker does like finally return in Super Samurai, he doesn't have to fight Jaden. He just says a couple words to destroy Jaden, like his self confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So then poor Dayu is just getting pushed around by Serrator and yeah. mostly oh, yeah. Serrator, a bit of Xandrid this the whole time. But she's like very she's very reluctant to be there. What I find interesting is when spoiler warning if decker dies by the end of super samurai she basically says i will just play my harmonium in sorrow and i will raise that river for you she has yeah. nothing left to live for mm-hmm. other than her servitude so she she just embraces her inner nylock mm-hmm. she just gives up like she just done. gives up mm-hmm. and then zandrid takes advantage of that and we talked about before how he survived the ceiling because of a last second power up. It was basically killing and absorbing her into yeah. his peck. 
which is an in, yeah. which which is an interesting antithesis to what we're actually going to be discussing with the thematics for for samurai her right. just her just giving up her being so determined <clears throat> leading up to this moment to uh to to save decker and then she just can't she just she can't right. and so she has to reconcile that right right it was honestly kind of heartbreaking mm-hmm. it was the only good drama in the entire, entire I piece. know, right? Like you get that backstory, you're like, drama! Finally! That's it? <laughs> A total yeah. of ten episodes? How dare you, show? Yeah. That's <laughs> all you give me! Oh. Oh. But yeah, yeah, and she has a really interesting design. It's very Sentai. Oh yeah, very, very I Sentai. Say that. I, like I, really, I do really like this design. It's a very effective one. Yeah. Because uh, she she looks like she has a mask that's covering her eyes, but she has two really big eyes uh, kind of on the top of her head. Very predator like. Right, yeah, actually. Yeah, right. You know yeah. what she? You know what her design sort of reminded me. Yeah, and you'll get this, Nathan. It reminded me of our main character from Howl from Beyond the Fog. Have you guys? Have either of you yeah. guys seen that? Not yet. I've never seen that. Yeah. Okay. Right, so how uh, it's Nathan, a. Go ahead, Nathan. I was going to say it's an independent uh, kaiju short film that was produced a handful of years, a couple of years ago. It was kickstarted. Uh, it was made by uh, Keizo Morase, who was a suit maker for Toho back in the day, did it for multiple decades. And it's all done with puppets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Marionettes. Like, lit- like oh. literal marionettes, yeah. Right. And the main character in that is a blind girl. Who befriends a kaiju? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so her kind of aesthetic reminded me a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Fair. I can see that. Yeah. I can totally see that because, well. Oh, oh and she does have the same name as her Sentai counterpart. I just saw that. I I can see. Okay. So like she her you know her hair or her face covers her eyes, so she's blinded mm-hmm. by what she's focusing mostly on. Oh, oh, there we go. There we go. We get deep sometimes, I swear. Okay. Now I can, I can latch onto that. I can latch onto that because Mm -hmm. in a way, what she does is kind of a variation on the, darn it. What is the, uh, Orpheus, the Orpheus myth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where he descended into the underworld to save the woman he loves. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it's, uh, it's not the woman who does it. It is the. Oh, it's excuse me. It's not the man who does it. It's the woman. I want to look. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look that up really quick. So Orpheus, he was a yeah. He was a a poet and a musician. I'm just trying to say who was it that he was trying to save? Oh, Eurydice. His lover was Eurydice, his wife. So he descend, He descended into the underworld to try to save her, but then he ended up not being able to. So it ends tragically. So we basically, it's a variation on that. So it's a very classical sort of story. And we've talked about before about how Power Rangers at its best taps into things like this, these old time traditions, and then does a, a often crazy modern spin on it. But that's why even with all of its campy trappings that it still works. Yeah, there's, there's moments where they just they well they pull from classics and it really really works yeah. out super so, well for them. Yeah, so yeah, so Dayu and Decker a, are 
a couple of the flashes of brilliance that Samurai has. Yeah, I'll say Dayu is. Decker, I think, is boring. Really? Do we want to talk about Decker now? Yeah, let's. Let, that's a good transition into let's Decker. Let's talk about so, Decker. Played so, by Ricardo Medina. Oh, does that sound familiar? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was our Wild Force Red Ranger. And court records say that he... No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to skip past that real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. For a while, Decker was the only villain in this show. Actually, probably the only character in this show I remotely cared about. Right. <laughs> at all. Because Medina is working really hard he is out acting everyone else in this show i i i i i feel like it's exceptionally stilted acting like the entire time i also thought he did the the exact same very stilted acting in wild force i just i don't like him as an actor and i don't like the roles he plays though he is very attractive when he rips his shirt off (laughs) and i'll leave it like that Oh, I well, mean, now he's now he's got a beard in in Samurai and oh, okay. I mean, him, though. it doesn't. I I come at me. I don't care. I just don't like. It doesn't work for him. I just don't see it working for him at all. Like nothing he does in Samurai worked for him for me. You can like him all you want. I just I didn't see it. I I every time he came is, on screen, I'm like, oh, no. Is this it event. the is it his performance or is it the writing? A little bit of A, a little bit of B. Like, well, B, I, I don't like, you know, I just don't care for him as an actor. Sure. At all. Like, everything, you know, you just have that one actor you just don't care about. Anytime, like Tom Cruise. Every time I see Tom Cruise in something, I'm like, <laughs> meh. And same thing with this. So, and then the other, the, the writing is just horrendously bad for a scare. Well, let me tell you, his Sentai counterpart was not that good. <laughs> It was yeah, less interesting. Like, it was much less interesting. His Sentai counterpart was just a bloodthirsty psychopath. I feel oh. like that's all he is in this season too. Because no, no, I, this we, the, what makes this interesting one is the tragic backstory because he doesn't have his yeah, memory, but backstory. he's cursed to always want a perfect duel. Yeah, and that's yeah. boring. There's nothing else going on with him at all. He has no well, memory. that's because he, he does. No that's character. because we don't know that there's more going on. He doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, and. I, I feel like he's very boring. He could, there's so much more he could have done with this. And I, I just feel like it was a complete waste of a really cool suit design and a really cool story arc. Yeah, it's probably my favorite suit design in the whole show. It is. It yeah, looks that... really cool. It, it reminds me of Zed. It does. It reminds me of yeah. the, the, the skeleton, like the, the skeleton sticking out. With the red it re- skull. It re- mm-hmm. Yeah, with the red skull, like the red accents. It reminds me of, remember how Zed was all red with the silver accents? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that. And the, the, the suit designer did an amazing job. I just feel like it was completely wasted. Dayu is far more interesting. Dayu is exceptionally interesting. Decker, I can care less about. The int- both maybe, duels I thought I, were boring. I can understand that, but I have to admit, and maybe this is more because of Dayu, but I will tell you, the moment where... In, where Dayu in spirit form is trying mm-hmm. to stop Decker from killing Jaden with, you know, in that fire circle. Yeah. That was an amazingly effective scene because Decker's the only one who can see her. That's fine. And that's completely fine. You know, okay, I'll, I'll say this. When he had his moment with Antonio, the two moments he had with Antonio where he asked Antonio why he didn't kill him, like, why why do you strike me down like i was i was weakened you could have killed me and antonio was like i i can't do that that was pretty good and then when antonio asked him 
uh, to try his baby back barracuda, whatever. I don't know the rest of the quote. And he's like, sure, because that was different. And I was like, that's different. There's normal stuff of I must fight with sword. Ah, that was different. I thought it was really kind of like, yeah. I thought it was funny. And I was like, oh, haha, that was funny and different entertainment. Thank you. Yeah. The now, I will say I technically got something wrong about him. I thought he was calling his sword because the sword has a name. I thought he was saying Muramasa. Yeah. Which Uramasa. It, Muramasa. It's Uramasa. Yep. Muramasa. I was that piqued my interest because Muramasa is a famous one of two famous sword makers in Japan. His rival was Masamune. Mm hmm. And both are still used as names for swords since then. But the legend has it that the two of them had quite a rivalry and would have a duel. And if you wanted to figure out which sword that you had from which swordsmith, because the Japanese believe that if you make something, particularly something like a sword, a little bit of your spiritual essence gets put into the thing. Mm -hmm. And Muramasa was known for being cruel and evil. So yeah. it was believed that if you had a Muramasa sword and you used it in battle, the more you used it in battle, the more it would corrupt you because it's tasting blood. Yeah. So story has it that the way you would find out if which of the sword maker swords that you got is you would go to a river and you would stick the sword into the shallow part of a river and wait for the leaves to float by. And if the leaves went around the blade, like they just went right around the blade, you had a Masamune sword. So you were going to be safe. But if the, if the leaves were drawn to the blade and would get sliced in half, then you had a Muramasa sword. I was wrong, though. It is Uramasa, which is Japanese for injustice. That whole My story, bad. The whole thing you just said was more interesting than Decker's story. <laughs> <laughs> you can fight about it. I, 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 I stand by this. I just find it super boring. So. What about, I actually, what about everyone else in this call? <laughs> I, okay. I actually, I, I was going to say, I actually see a really cool trait between Decker and Dayu is on the night of their marriage, uh, Dayu gave Decker the sword and Decker gave Dayu the, like, the, the decorative, yeah. yeah, the harmonium. And that's why they hold him so dear. Mm -hmm. Or that's why she holds it, because he doesn't remember. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, regardless of my quick thoughts on Decker, regardless of just the acting itself because i kind of agree with i kind of agree with what jim is saying um the the acting is a little dry which is the the acting for this entire series is dry except i feel like it makes some sort of sense with decker for well for decker it makes it for decker it makes more sense because he's supposed to be cold and calculating mm -hmm. and a little and bit disciplined just, and yeah. disciplined it work it works for him i yeah. get that and basically his shtick is he wants the ultimate duel and he thinks Jaden because everyone is up. Everybody loves Jaden. There's our sitcom spinoff for this. It's one. a cult, man. It's a cult. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Cult leader <laughs> Jaden. He thinks will give him that ultimate duel. And if he has the ultimate duel, he'll break his Nylock curse. Even Dayu thinks that if he can do that, he can break the Nylock curse and she can have her husband back. Mm hmm. Which again is part of the tragedy of the whole thing. He's obsessed with violence, but a very you know, and and it's an obsession that doesn't seem to have an end. Maybe that's why I find I found it compelling. Is that it's such an interesting idea? It is it's a it very is. Japanese idea in a lot of ways. Well, it's an interesting idea because if you think about 
if you look at if you look at the if you look at the story of Decker in in context of what you know what humans go through on a daily basis, if you look at what uh, the the uh, end goal for the Nylox is to cause as much pain and suffering as possible, like his he's driven by violence, he's driven by pain, he's driven by suffering. So it all just kind of ties together. And if you look at what's going on, if you really think, if you take a, if you zoom out and what we were talking about earlier and we talk about, and we think about all the pain and suffering that is happening in the world, not just in panorama white Japanese city, but, um, uh, but when you, when you zoom out and you really kind of think about the pain and suffering, the people that are walking, uh, that are kind of walking the earth aimlessly, just, trying to figure out what they're trying to trying to find purpose, but, but carrying around with them, this immense pain. I think that Decker is a conduit for that. Mm. Thoughts, fellas. Oh, you're not going to change my opinion on Decker. I'm sorry. Like I get where you're coming from, but it's not going to change my opinion on it. No, it's no, it's totally fine. It's totally, I'm not trying, we're not trying to win a debate. We're just having a discussion, but, but um, like I get where you're coming from where like he can be a, a symbol of every, like everyone, everyone has baggage. Everyone has oh, yeah, for sure. their sadness, their guilt. Everyone has it. And he's, and you're, he's just trying to get, the one thing that's going to solve his problem that he thinks is going to happen. He needs his fix. Yeah. And everyone has that. Not, no one's well adjusted. No one is. And everyone has that fix. That's going to, that they think is going to fix their thing. Like what's mm-hmm. going on with them. And every, everyone's going through something like that. And it's, I, I, I think Dayu's story is more compelling, but mm-hmm. I understand where you're coming from because ev- like er- anyone can relate to Decker. Right. Because of, Everyone has issues. Right. But I think Dayu, in order to be as compelling as she is, she needs Decker. Yes. Yes. But she needs the one thing she could never have. Right. And I, what I will say without Dayu, Decker is much less interesting. I will give you that. Yeah. So much less. Like, I'll give the dynamic, I'll give the dynamic props because it's a great dynamic. Mm-hmm. I'll give Dayu all the props in the world that I can because right. I feel like her storyline is tragic and it, it's it's an abused woman who is literally being torn between three worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Decker is just my sword. My sword's hungry. I have to feed the sword. <laughs> the entire time. Seymour? <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors did it better. Decker. So, yeah. That's... But I understand where you're coming from with that. I yeah. completely understand where you're coming from, but I just... Yeah. I can't... I, I can't be like, oh, that's that's what it is. It's, it's, I can't see yeah, past I mean, the... Feed me. Feed me. I must feed my sword. I have to have a battle. <laughs> Yeah, Everyone I mean, praises it. I'm, like, I, I'm sure that there were. I'm sure that there would have been better ways to handle it. There's a lot better ways it's going to be handled, but you know, we got what we got, and it was rushed. And I'm pretty sure the uh, the stilted stuff from the. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the writers were trying to make it fit in with the rest of the season mm-hmm. as a kind of a stilted character, mm-hmm. because the rest of the characters are very stilted, right? And so I'm pretty sure they were trying to because in season two he gets better. Uh, in season two, he's more he, he he's breaking off from his original "I must feed my sword" because you know he lost and the sword got broken, and so he's a little bit off of that. And I feel like it's a, he's a better character in season two, which I think all of them are better characters in season two. 
but season one Decker just ruined Decker for me. Yeah, except it, I think his first duel with Jaden Christ is better uh, than his second. They're both. Yeah, meh. <laughs> I'll I'll agree with that. I'll yeah. agree. Like they're they're the highlights of a meh season. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So maybe, well, here's the here's the question. Here's the question. So maybe those are high. Given if if this were any other season where everything else is so lackluster, would those have would those still have been highlights, or I'm would they? Have, go ahead. Like so, say like they were put into a a good season. <laughs> you know, not even a good season, like a mediocrely better season. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like they, they might, the fights might not have been highlights. The Dayu story could have been still a highlight. Like, Say the, this the, was Ninja Storm and not uh, Samurai. Well, we have we wouldn't have cult leader Jaden, but yes. <laughs> well, I also don't think Dayu and Decker would that, have that, fit that would not, in Ninja yeah, that would not Storm. Yeah, that. I was gonna um, say that. I don't think they would have fit the narrative. On or okay, okay, okay. Mystic um, Force. Mi- yeah, well, Mystic Force. Okay, that's a, better, yeah. yeah. Mystic Force. Um, yeah, or even. Operation Overdrive because they had spiritual stuff. That I don't don't hit me. <laughs> that would be a lot better. Uh, uh, Dayu story would have hit a lot harder. It already hit hard, but with more competent writing and better like right. uh, better like more room to work with. I think it would be a lot better because we had three clip shows in these two seasons. Good lord, we had a movie. In this season, the that was season. just a special. It's not yeah. really a movie, right? Wasted potential there, but we only got what twenty. We had what, forty episodes total, and they were in part of what twelve of them. Maybe yeah. they had highlights in twelve of them. They had no room to work with, and they right. they were just sideline villains, right? So, if they had more room to work with, they had like a little bit a little bit easier time of writing them mm-hmm. and they weren't trying to copy the, the Sentai mm-hmm. and they weren't writing circle. Like they weren't writing gymnastics, gymnastically writing around right. the, the, we have to use a Sentai like language. Yeah. They were just slaves yeah. to the Sentai. By the way, the Ranger wiki says Dayu was in 28 episodes and there are okay. 44 plus oh, wow. the special. I was close. I was what, off by four, five. Yeah. And okay. Decker, let me see. Decker was in 20 episodes. Okay. Yeah. If they would have had more episodes to work with and it weren't constrained between two seasons, all the toy cells, the multiple, multiple, multiple stilted actors and like the, the terrible scripts they had to work with. Right. I think Dayu and Decker would have been a lot better off and we would have been, I, I would be singing Decker's praises. Hmm. Because I there's there's characters like Decker out there in better series mm-hmm. that I, I I enjoy. Yeah. So whatever. It's next. Yeah. <laughs> next. Now, I, I will I will say this. It's just it it's just a question, and I feel like it's a question that needs to be asked. Is it awkward? Given the fact, given the real life circumstances surrounding Medina, is it awkward to y'all to see him hold a, a katana sword? Or is it just, or because it wasn't necessarily awkward to me, but I'm curious. Was oh, it? Eh. It didn't bother me, not at all. Life is life, man. You sometimes you want to stab your roommate. 
Oh, you know, okay. I'm just making sure. <laughs> I know. I think that's getting memed. I'm going to make a Decker meme with that. No. Life is life, man. And sometimes you got to stab your roommate. Well, oh, it's God. it does get brought up, and it does get brought up in Ranger fandom that that one of the things one of the things that people don't like about Decker is they're is they're tying it to real life events. And and in if, my in my opinion, I don't think that's fair. I think you if should. You not. have problems separating the actor yeah. from the role you're going to find issues with every single show. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. There there's a The Expanse, all right? The Expanse has a character called Alex. He has some like issues in production like with uh with some ladies in production, but his character hands down one of the best best space cowboys you're ever going to have on anything. Right. And people in that fandom are don't like him and he's in 5 of the 6 seasons. And people don't like him because of the the issues he has as a person. Yeah. Same. Well, I don't know. Ezra Miller's a lot worse off than oh, you know, Lord. inappropriately saying one or two things wrong to his coworker and or murdering his roommate. And he's a cult leader. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. got he's arrested a cult leader, for yeah. all kinds. Of, he's been arrested. For yeah. A lot of Th- there's a whole. That's a whole other separate. That's far worse. Well, than, let's bring it a little bit closer to home yeah. and and talk and just can like people that can't separate the the character from the actor with uh Austin St. John and his recent oh yeah and his recent legal troubles you know if uh, you can cut this if you want to but even the legal troubles with uh Jason David Frank right now too right like oh the divorce yeah he's divorced yeah. Yeah. so um i got one for y'all so you know how like you're saying that some people can't uh if like someone can't distinct from the actor and the role in the the actor now, have you ever heard of an actor that won't live down the, uh, like, can't separate actor to themselves, and it's called kayfabe? Or kayfabe? <laughs> I know kayfabe. Yes, that's a wrestling okay. term, yes. Okay, so I do you think that some actors might have that in the Power Ranger series? I think so, yeah. I mean, there are certain actors, there are certain actors and actresses that this is all they have, or this is all they're really known for, and so they kind of milk it. I mean, you know, it it would be, I would be intellectually dishonest if, if I said that there isn't that is there isn't a, a level of that with JDF. Uh, Oh yes. That would be because, you know, JDF, JDF is best known for playing Tommy, the, the green ranger, regardless of, of what he wants to do with his own projects, but he's always going to be Tommy, the green ranger. And he's just, and he's just sort of embraced that. That's, and yeah. but you you can't fault somebody for embracing the character that they played as long as it keeps making the money. I, that's you know, right. The, money, I, money, money makes things happen. Right. And exactly. If you're doing it, and you're making money off of it. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. not mad at you for doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do your thing. You got you got a, you got bills to pay too. Right. 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 But, um. So we can move on from Decker now. It is what's we got to move on to the Zords, right? And this is going to be uh, really we can awesome. do Zords or Monsters of the Week, whichever you'd rather. Do let's first. do let's do Zords. Let's get the Zords. Yeah, I out think of the we way. usually do Zords next. Yeah, we do Zords next. Yeah, uh, the Zords in this show. Billy, you want to handle this because you have a <laughs> yeah, lot of save no, I, Zords. <laughs> I uh, let's me. Um, I, I got to rattle off what they are first. So. <laughs> Battlewing Megazord, which is an enhanced version of the Samurai Megazord made up of the... all The Zords in this are origami, which right. I think is an interesting idea. It is. You know, I, I like Because they're called folding Zords, they're origami. 
Right. So the lion folding sword, the dragon folding sword. Oh, so we have a dragon sword. <laughs> a turtle folding sword, a bear folding sword, and the ape folding sword. So though that's our starting one. It's ridiculously overdesigned. Oh, it's yeah. overcompensating for something hard. Wait, that didn't come out as didn't... <laughs> You want to say that one more time? <laughs> oh, hang on. Well, you know, I'll just probably I'll just screw it. I'll just leave it in. Uh <laughs> It is that it is over. All these Zords feel like they're overcompensating for something. I feel and, like, oh, 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 Tini, sorry. I, I, no, I, no, no, no. All I was going to say was that this is when we start the, this is when we like, it already started, but this is when we really lean into the shtick of everything becoming very modular. Yeah. Yes. This oh, yeah. is modular, yeah. like crazy. I didn't include mm-hmm. the modular alt modes. For this, yeah. I never do for these uh, for the Zord discussions because it would just make the list go on for days. <laughs> so there's two things I, I want to say really quick. Um, one thing is they have the module idea from Canon now. So Dino Fury has a module Megazord, which is supposed to be the first Megazord, right? And these are older Megazords, like the next couple seasons. Well, right. not not Megaforce, not Super Megaforce, but like Dino Charge, yeah, Samurai are older Zords, right? Mm-hmm. And right. so they're fairly yeah, yeah. modular based the, off of that one. This is the first Power Ranger season that hints at they're genuinely hinting at well actually not hinting at it canonizes that there were rangers that existed before mighty Mm -hmm. morphin Mm -hmm. yes and the second thing i want to say is the base megazord even with the silly hat is cool it was really really cool but i don't think they thought it was like good enough so they just kept adding to it I yeah, like the because the everything that gets added onto it, it just makes it, just it look more and more ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, it's just like what? Stop it! Stop it right now! Stop it! Stop it! That was fine. Yeah. Nope. Stop it. Yeah, but we got, we got to get them toys, man. Those Bandai mandates. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, okay, yeah, yes. it, which is it, this is also the point in, that I feel like Super Sentai started really getting toyetic. Mm-hmm. And by extension, yeah. Power Rangers started getting really toyetic. It's one of my issues with modern tokusatsu. But well, they're, like and they're all, every single one of the franchises is guilty of it. Well, Ultraman they were catching- does it. Common uh, Rider does it. But the thing is, is Toei embraced the toyeticness a lot sooner than Subaraya did for Ultraman. And I feel well, like yeah. even now they're a little bit reticent to it. That's the impression I'm getting. Well, Toei and Toei embraced the toyeticness a lot sooner with Common Rider than they did with Super Sentai. Yeah. But with I think Com- we're at the point now where they've embraced it with Super Sentai. Oh yeah, they've embraced it with everything. Uh, I also think that, you know, Disney was canceling Power Rangers and at this point, uh Toei was uh Toei um Toei was like, "Oh, hey, we can just go bananas. <laughs> we don't have to worry about those Americans anymore. Let's just go nuts." Oh, wait. The the Americans still want to give us money. Wait, the bonds back? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because oh, that's goodness. the thing about Toei. At least with Super Sentai, they're like, "Ooh, that sweet sweet Power Ranger money. You can't have Common Rider though." Yeah, don't right. touch our baby his name is common writer you can't have him you screwed him up but you can have all the super sentai you want you miss like a mask writer get out of here <laughs> Leave. don't touch our boy you can have the colors <laughs> you can't have the cool stuff <laughs> uh but yeah so yeah this oh, good lord 
especially when they get to their that battle wing Megazord, which is basically the Ultra Zord. It looks preposterous. It's over designed, but they're like, we mm. got to get all the toys into one thing, and it just. I just look at it and I'm like, remember when we had seven, and that was all we needed? Yeah, yeah. Or 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 the Zords are earned. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. As opposed to just master, men, not master, mentor G, just giving them, or they fish them out, or whatever. Or they or you. They do, or they just randomly breathe on something, and Gosei says, "You've unlocked a new power up." Oh, ah, good that's lord, next, Gosei! That's next episode, that's next episode, you don't, you don't bring that up here. No, we're not talking about Megaforce yet. Get no. a whole song and dance about it. Come on, wow, wow. So yeah, the base Megazord, ridiculous, overdesigned. Mm-hmm. The next kind one that though. they had was the Samurai Battle Wing, which was a beetle, a swordfish, and a tiger. Because, of course, we need a tiger in Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this thing was not really a robot. It's a jet. It's an airplane. And it would combine with the Megazord to make the Ultra Zord? No, it's a Uh, Megazord. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It... it... Well, yeah, we forgot to mention that one of the the gimmicks in this is the Rangers have... Uh, discs that are sword guards and oh, yes. they would spin them and that would give them power-ups and a lot and they would find new discs and get new zords mm-hmm. or they can make new disc randomly make new disc oh yeah but there, yeah, there was no set long enough with your phone belt. and you can make one there's oh, no yeah. set rules on these discs at all no there's they none. don't they don't yeah you got, yeah. you, then there's multiple discs for another Zord, the Bullzord. There's multiple discs for that one. I'm calling like, Bullzord on this season. There. I'm going to mean that so much. I, I should have been saying out that now. a lot more. I'm calling Bullzord uh, on that. It's it's ridiculous. The Zords themselves, like, and the Zords themselves, I get the factor modular. I get the origami idea behind it. Right. I get that. It's too much. It They went yeah. way overboard with it altogether. And... I feel like it goes back to, you know, the toys. They had to do the toys. And, excuse me. They went way too far. They went way, way, way too much with it. And Right. It's just, it's boring. Like, there, okay, there's like a super cut of all the Zord fights in Samurai. Uh, and I was like rewatching it so I could say something kind of fun at the end about the Zords. And at, we had a hard time picking out a point we liked about the Zord fights. Billy and I sat there for almost an hour watching through this, like pick, pick, picking a scene that we liked about the Megazords. Mm-hmm. And right. it was difficult. It was right. exceptionally difficult. And yeah. I, I, I can't say it's Power Rangers. I'm, I'm going to say it's mostly because of the Sentai footage. They didn't shoot new stuff, much new stuff at all right. for the, the Power Rangers. And Right. I feel like, yeah. honestly, we got a bit spoiled in some of the previous seasons with when it came to the Zords. Jungle Fury had great Zords. SPD mm-hmm. had great Zords. I liked, heck, I would say that the Zords in RPM were better than this. Heck, I would say the Mystic Force Zords are kind of fun compared to this one. That's because hey, the Mystic I Force lo- Zords were nuts. <laughs> I like the Mystic Force Zords. They were because visually nuts, I should they say. They were visually interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Conceptually, but visually yes (laughs) yeah yeah and then the next one we had this was antonio's sword basically the claw battle zord north 
which he made with his Octozord, which was a little Zord that he had in his... Which was adorable. Was given yeah. to him. Yeah. Little squid. Yeah, the Octozord looked like a little squid. It's actually a squid, guys. That's not Oops. an octopus. Well, it's technically a cuttlefish. Yeah, well, okay, fine. Everyone fine. Loves It's the Gazora Zord, and only our hardcore kaiju fans who listen to this are going to get that reference. Yeah, and then the Claw Megazord had alternate modes? And it would change faces? That was... It had, like, a Wheel of, of Fortune cool that yeah. fit, mm-hmm. you know, so you get north, east, and south? That that was kind of fun. I like that concept, but... Probably made more sense in the Sentai. Probably yeah. Made. yeah. Like it's, 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 uh, it's, I feel like... Because I know the Sentai, it was... The, the Gold Age was more jokey. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, I think it might have been a joke on gambling or something like that. Or, like, spin the wheel, like Wheel of Fortune or something like that. I think it was a joke for that. Right. But it doesn't really work. Because Antonio makes... It makes no sense for Antonio to do that. And like these supposed to be ancient Zords. Why? Why? Why is there a Wheel of Fortune in it? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. And then in Super Samurai, we get more upgrades. We get the Samurai Shark Gigazord, oh, which is the ultimate form of everything. They just throw everything. Yes. At this, the Bullzord, the Octazord, the Sharkzord. That's a new Zord they get. They get a Sharkzord. They just throw everything into it, and it becomes the Gigazord. It's it's even crazier than an Ultrazord. I don't care. You're overdesigned. I don't know where anything is. For it takes like a whole minute and a half. You're like, dude, come on, man. Let's go. (laughs) I'm tired looking at this. Yeah, Let's and go. it's it's basically just like a comp- a really bulky overdesigned Megazord standing on a giant carrier that just kind of can't, can't even can't walk. walk. It's a, it, yeah, I can't even walk. It has to roll. Just because you're six thousand tons doesn't mean you can't walk. Get on, get on, come on! I'm it, calling Bullzord on this. It, it's a Megazord. It's a Megazord with its own Segway. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's, 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 it's the mall cop of Megazords. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it's a mall, I'm, I'm memeing that. I'm so memeing that. <laughs> the mall cop. No, we'll of go have the these. I got well, you. Actually, would it be the mall cop of Ultrazords? Maybe. Don't, th- don't think too hard about it. What mall cop of Zord, uh, Megazord sounds better? It does. Yeah. Yeah, it no, does. Don't, yeah. Th- don't think too hard about yeah. it. Yeah. And then the only real new Zords we get is the Bull Zord which needs to become a euphemism in the fandom. I'm just saying. And oh, the shark sword. <laughs> yeah. The can, bull can sword call... is ridiculous because it, it scoots around really fast. It's clear. It's just it, because it's on wheels and it has well, a chariot that it pulls and it's a chariot. And, and it apparently the Zord is sentient and it's completely okay with child endangerment. Yes. Because so a really child well goes season. inside of it to awaken it and it goes crazy. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just say I was not a fan of the shark Zord or even the shark disc because like it gave him that alternate weapon that had a mind of its own. Basically, it bend and it would stretch like not a normal sword. And I did not like that. It was very phallic. We'll say yes. <laughs> it was it was very phallic. It's based, it's based on this ancient Indian uh, Hindu weapon. That's like a blade, a uh, blade whip. Yes, it, it's terrifying. And they based it off of that, and it didn't work. Oh, the shark sword. Yeah. The shark yes. Sword. The shark sword. That Next. did something kind of interesting in Clash of the Red Rangers. Yeah. Oh, very. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That got gift by somebody because obviously it's going to get gift. Of course. 
What yeah. is the what is the what's the season of Sentai with the train penis? What's that? <laughs> God, the, the the train no, season? cougar uh, or something? Oh 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 something. Oh oh Otoffer or something like that. Yeah, Otoger. Yeah, uh, Otoger. Oh yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Train penis. Oh, Look it up. Oh, you're talking about uh, Tokuger. Tokuger. There we go. Yeah. 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 This is a Power oh. Ranger podcast. Get your s- together, guys. Oh, that <laughs> one never got made into Power Rangers, sir. I oh. like the suit design for that one. I'm sad. <laughs> you said you like the suit design or you don't like the suit? I like it. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, um, like, I've seen a couple episodes of it, and it makes sense for how their like how their powers work. But we we shouldn't get into that. We're 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 depressed about samurai. Right. We need to finish it. being depressed about we're, samurai. We're finding whatever <laughs> excuse we can not to talk about samurai. <laughs> okay, look, well, I, just wait till Megaforce, then we really yeah. have to find. I found a random hair on my desk. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so monster. So let's highlight a few monsters of the week because apparently I'm the only one who wanted to. Okay, so I will start by saying my the monster of the week I want to highlight is Master Zandred. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how lazy he is. He is basically a monster of the week <laughs> a couple of times. In all seriousness, though, the only monster of the week really we're talking about is Negatron because he says Negatron everything. is my hero <laughs> because he says everything we're all thinking. Yeah, he has the quipping <laughs> skills of a fifth grader, but he says everything we're thinking. <laughs> I saw a video. I think it was from who was it from? Uh, Watch Mojo, where they said like this is it was one of like the top ten worst moments of Power Rangers, where people just checked out and I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, his put downs aren't that good, but he's still saying what we're all thinking. You know, he walks up to Mia and oh, says, yeah. You're a lousy cook. And that somehow breaks her. Okay, yeah, sure. The only the only really meaningful insult that he that Negatron had was he said, Jane, you have a secret. <laughs> yeah, Even well, that was I, like, I, Oh I no, am foreshadowing. Can you see me foreshadowing? <laughs> and that that did Oops. set up a lot of stuff, which is fine, but yeah. I really want to know why does he have a chili bowl haircut? <laughs> He's a samurai. Why do you have chili boy haircuts? <laughs> uh, you uh, you want to get into an insult fight with him? I think he's gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, guys. <laughs> okay. And then he comes back for the uh, for the Halloween episode. We talked about there's three clip shows. The yeah. best one is the Halloween episode where it's all the monsters talking about getting their butts handed to them by the Power Rangers, which that reminded me fun. of the Batman animated series episode. Almost got him. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was great. Okay, I'm like, it's like this is the only entertaining clip show you have because the next one was a Christmas clip show with the boring blocks of wood rangers, and I don't care. And then they had another one in Super Samurai that was only Which amusing because Bolt and Spike were in it. It was much better than the one from the first season because yeah, Bolt and Spike are in it, and we find out that the Megazord easily breaks all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it must be all the extra stuff they're adding him. to it <laughs> yeah all so Negatron Negatron is my hero in this show uh, his, like his, he says what we're all thinking and then oh, the okay. next one unless anybody has more to say about Negatron no no that's all no, the next ahead. one I want to highlight is a guy named Dreadhead the only reason I want to highlight him is because he talks like my co-host <laughs> whoa, 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 Wait. sir. Whoa, don't he say that about like Travis. He talks like he's from the South. Don't like say that about Travis. Cowboy. 
Don't say that about Travis. Come on. Don't say that. About uh, no, not my co-host and common writer. All right. Because apparently I have to clarify the joke now because I'm confusing some people. But no, I'm talking about you, Mr. Hamilton. I don't Mr. know West what Virginia. you're. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about, sir. Come on. I thought you liked it because he has a blade gun, but you know, <laughs> it's a blade shotgun. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that, this is also true. This is also true. I have to say, uh, again, I don't know what it is about sub, uh, about Neo the Neo Saban era. The monsters are always way more entertaining than mm. the Power Rangers. I will mm-hmm. I will gladly agree with that. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what it is because then our next one is Rob Tish, who is a demon samurai monster with a Scottish accent. Of course, because of course. Okay, okay, okay. So his sword. Do we need some old dodgy Scottish accents here? You're not going to goat me. You already did it. You're already goating me doing a dodgy Scottish accent. Shout out to our friend Jamie from Scotland. (laughs) Congratulations, man. You got a demon samurai Scotsman in this. I don't know why there is a demon samurai Scotsman in this show, but there is a demon samurai Scotsman. That's going to be somebody's band, isn't it? Demon I still I, I still think we should just call I think we should call our band Beast Fist, but <laughs> Beast Fist. That's a, uh-huh. that is a good one. <laughs> so I, I just I can't fall. I can't. I, as soon as he came on, I'm like, hold on. Does he have a Scottish accent? Why does he have a? You know what? I don't care why he has a Scottish accent. <laughs> Doesn't Jaden fight him against Decker it's, too? Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's, it's like, like they had a three-way fight, which actually almost got an award. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had a three-way I, duel there. It was actually kind of cool. Yeah. So I feel like they took the samurai, Rob Tish, and just spun a globe and slapped their finger on the globe. And they said, that's where he's at. <laughs> There's his accent. That's is it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he would have worked with you as a, a wee Irishman. <laughs> you a leprechaun. Gotta go find my pot of gold. <laughs> well, he wasn't short. And he, he wasn't overcompensating for anything. <laughs> no. no I, I don't know. What other funny accents could we give to the demon samurai? I mean, that would be interesting. <laughs> uh, Australian? Australian? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you That's not a sword. This is a sword. <laughs> I'm, tra- oh. I'm trying to think of ones that aren't playing into stereotypes that will get us canceled. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that. Uh, then the next one I was going to highlight was Arachnator. Because oh, yeah, they one? goofed around with him. He got he was oh, in yeah. a couple episodes. He got mutated. He was I actually kind of felt a little bit sorry for him because he was forced to mutate. He's a spider monster, as yeah. the name would tell you. And uh, so the first time he actually had a personality, then he got mutated and he was just a rampaging beast. And they at least did some interesting plot things with him. And Xandrid had a rare moment of proactiveness. <laughs> sober moment of reactors. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he gets points for that. The next one I'm going to, I'm highlighting not because of the episode or what he does, but because this design is absolutely freaking insane and he gets played for laughs. I'm like, why are you taking a monster with a design that r- crazy and playing it for laughs? But it's Trickster. Who was in the oh, second yeah. Christmas episode? This thing's design is horrifying. Trickster, tri- just, tricksters, the, the are one just... with like 
red and green, like just bananas design. Yeah, and he yeah. has hands, his arms coming out of his eye sockets, and uh, and his eyes are on the palms of those hands. Real uh, pan's labyrinth there. Yeah, really <laughs> pan's labyrinth. I'm like, what the frick? <laughs> silly, silly show. Trickster is just not for kids. I tried. I'm trying to make. He's a. He invade. He's Freddy Krueger. He invades people's dreams. Mm-hmm. That's his shtick. Mm-hmm. Right. So they. Oh wait, no. It was actually the Halloween special. That was the Halloween episode. I forgot. So I guess they had. They had. Four, uh, that one just wasn't a clip show. No, they just had they would just do awkward concert scenes where they're saying like, "Yeah, that's totally Mia and the rest of the Power Rangers." It's definitely not the actual original Japanese actress that we're never going to show a close up of because it would kill the illusion. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone looks the same from the back of the head, right? Yeah. Well, no, it yeah. was just from a distance. Yep. And you then just the went real hard. You can't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one I uh, that I'll mention. Because it gives us an excuse to talk about the crossover. General Cog. Oh, Professor mm-hmm. Cog, I should say. Professor Cog. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I have opinions. Go ahead. Many, and pre- do you go. have many, many opinions or just a few? Go, Nathan, uh, go, ahead, go ahead and press the button. I know you can. activated. All right, I'm going to turn down the volume. Just let me know uh, what you do. I'm not going to get <laughs> loud about it, but just... I know you guys have opinions about this too. Uh, I love RPM. If our ranking episode wasn't an indication of that, I love RPM. This show did Scott Truman no favors. Oh, none at all. None. None whatsoever. First off, Eka Darvel was part of SAG, I think, at this point. So he yeah. was union at that point. So they had to do a bunch of shenanigans to even get him there just to do ADR. But then the in-universe explanation for it is that he's from a parallel universe. So this is how they established that RPM is in a parallel universe. And he can't universe. Yeah. And he, and he can't, he he doesn't think he can breathe the air, but he says it's because he lives in a dome city and he can't go outside. Like, no, did you guys watch RPM? Mm -hmm. He leaves the dang dome a lot. And then the other big problem, but the biggest problem that this has is because they are over-reliant on the Sentai footage because there was a crossover between the the uh, Go-Onger and Shinkenger. And the characterization is completely different, and it doesn't oh, yeah. gel with He's what we know about jerk. Scott. The entire time, and Scott is not a jerk. Well, he's sarcastic but he's not a jerk yeah at all. they don't write scott correctly he never demorphs because they couldn't get eka darville and i feel like they just had, didn't have any any idea how to write right him. and they and wanted they wanted to have the rest of the rpm team in it but they weren't able to make it happen they could yeah. barely get the Red Ranger, and I can tell where that was going to happen. There looked like there was like there was a spot like there's a whole subplot there that mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. didn't do like, because the that, uh, because the other Samurai Rangers get sent to the RPM universe, and then when they it, come back later, they're like, "Oh yeah, your team helped us." I'm like, "Yeah, we didn't get to see it because you couldn't get the other actors." I would have loved I would have loved seeing Dylan just like slap 
<laughs> all of them. Jaden. Like, no, no. Jaden would have been still in the in the Mr. regular, G. you know, in the regular prime universe. No, no. He would have smacked like Kevin around because he's like you, you oh, yeah, freaking well, yeah. pants. Like Kevin, you are so what? <laughs> <sighs> like, are, do you know you're in a cult? Ah, 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 in a cult. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I feel like we're trying to establish that these people are in a cult. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, feeling, I, yeah. No. I wasn't quite sure, but I so, and the titular clash only lasts for a, a couple of minutes. It's not even the big set piece. It's a ruse, and then the the rest of it is just a team up with one ranger from the previous season. Okay, it's I know. it's incredibly underwhelming. Hey, what is Master? Uh, what is Mentor G? Figure all the stuff out, like to stop them from being hating each other, which is <sighs> dumb. Okay, that Sex was that was Giaka? Oh my god! Okay, another <laughs> thing is stretch, sir. <laughs> they he, Scott stole G's bike, and G has the best line of the entire like crossover. It was he stole my bike? <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. stole my bike. But there's that like a, a really fun reference at the end, like Jaden gets the white horse, but Scott coming from a, a vehicle Zord base and uh, references, he gets the mechanical horse, the Mustang. Yeah. He gets the worst Mustang you could possibly get. The- By yeah. the way, my apologies for misidentifying Scott's car in the RPM oh, episode. It's forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, These guys Billy corrected sex. me. In private. Yeah. Billy texted me. He's like, I think you got the cars wrong from RPM. I'm like, probably did. Yeah, <laughs> I should have yeah. did my due diligence there. But I will say, <laughs> as underwhelming as that whole thing is, I will say the beginning of it where the inexplicable that portal between scene? worlds is the subway, that was actually pretty moody, and I did like that. That, that was great. I don't know who that filmed was, that. That was good. Well, that, that was, was fantastic. Yeah, it yeah. was super moody. Dark lighting was great. Yeah, the just the foot, like okay, all you see is the foot or the boots from the mm-hmm. RPM. Like Scott, that's all you see is the boots. And I'm like, oh, that was mm, great. Yeah, that Do was that. good. And continue this, Professor Cog. Even though ah, I, I don't know. It, I like the design. I keep looking at things like, could this guy have worked in RPM? I, I don't think so. I'm not I, I sure. I, I like so the design because it's very asymmetrical. It's very weird because yeah. the guy's head, his face is kind of off to the side. He looks like a collection of gears. Basically. Why does he have glasses? Yeah, and he has glasses. It's so... And the shootout. They would never have done a shootout in RPM. That would no. never have happened. And we do get to see yeah. some grinders in this, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of fun. But, but again, like, because they're using the Sentai footage, this is clearly, clearly channeling Goanger. Yeah. And you know, yeah, the uh, the duel at 10 paces, it, like, it, it feels a bit out of place for RPM because, again, it's Goanger and not RPM. Exactly. You know, right. it's, not, it's unfiltered, you know, li- uh, unlike rpm so they weren't gonna t- film any new scenes if they don't have obviously to. so there's a lot of tonal inconsistencies and so that's what bugged me about it more than anything else but i will say professor cog is at least a cool design <laughs> scott <laughs> got to drive a, got the scott got to drive a car around and you know have <laughs> some nice set pieces there but g did lose his motorcycle for a little bit which yep. is kind and of fun. he gets an inexplicable <laughs> power up that he immediately forgets about when he goes 
back to his universe because I've, according to what I've read, this is canonically taking place between like episodes 24 and 25 of RPM. Ah. It doesn't work. It feels really out of place. Although, I, like yeah, I said, but- I would have loved to have seen the rest of this team just get pushed around by the if the RPM team would have just like Jim and Gemma would look at each other and be like, they're in a cult. And Ziggy would have been like, <laughs> no, sure no, I, I disagree. Jim and Jimma would say they're in a cult. Oh, and they would have finished each other's <laughs> sentences. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, and then uh, I, well, and then maybe they would walk up to someone who's like, do you want to go have boom time? <laughs> and Kevin would be like, no, we must wait for our cult leader, Jaden. Yeah. And then, can you imagine Dr. K would have been like, you know, you're you. I could tell you're all in a cult because I used to be in a secret society. <laughs> oh yeah, it would be like. I feel like these people might be in a cult. <laughs> may 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 I uh rant about Scott in this crossover? No, Go you may not. It. Go for it. You know I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Here, I'll uh, uh I'll even gift you. Uh oh. I'll even gift you. Rantmaster activated. Oh. Sweet. Uh, do you have the dragon dagger ready? <laughs> oh boy okay here right. we here's, go here's so, that one minute of expletives i promise all right. oh snap that's so me. i'll i'll dole that's it down i'll dole it down and let y'all drag a dagger in the word or something in there but to the fan base out there that says scott deserved a battleizer as a red ranger in rpm he f-ing got the battleizer in the crossover with the shark disc that adapted to his suit <sighs> in canon <laughs> yeah, you know what? Scott was too cool for a battleizer. I'm just need to... that's need it. That's he it. was fine. He, yeah. he got the right of sword around. Come on. Hey, his <laughs> his suit was three point harness with wheels on his wrists and and his and his ankles and his ankles. Yes, true. So. And 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 he got googly eyes on his helmet. Ah, yes. We can't forget and... about the anime googly eyes. And he didn't have to wear that ridiculous Shogun power-up outfit. This no. is also true, but it's still no. spandex. It's not spandex! <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I wonder I wonder if we could actually have, like, tw- like have a Twitter conversation with, like, the actors, or at least Dr. K, like, the lady who played Dr. K, about what she would have said to the samurai team. <laughs> like, what would you have said? I, I'm, I'm, like, I know you're just an actor. Oh. But I'm legitimately curious. What do you think? You oh my said? gosh! Can you imagine them meeting Tanaya and Tanaya going <laughs> oh. like hey, archetypal what? and a- analytical on them? Like the <laughs> she was just walked to be like discs. so. She, she would have tried to do it like the other ones. Who's just like uh, so? All of you are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to stab stab me? Nah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I think we need to stop tangenting and get to one of the trademark segments of our show. Mm-hmm. Us crying? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's only with Samurai. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to attempt to polish this turd with a thematic discussion now, Nathan. Uh-huh. Uh, and Do you I remember are... what it is? I think so. I think so. Now, yeah, because I, you do read my notes, right? I always read your notes, right? I, Don't lie I, to me. I always read your notes as I'm clicking to open the notes right now. Uh, <laughs> oh. Our thematic discussion is determination. There we go. Determination. No, it's not. It's not. Yes, it is. 
No, it's not. Seriously, it's not? Hang on. No. I thought it was. Seriously. I thought it was determination. Why no. are we not? Dedication. Oh, dedication. <laughs> dedication. See what I have to put up with, guys? De look, dedication, <laughs> determination. It's all the same f***ing thing. Dragon dagger. No, it's not. <laughs> but in all but in all seriousness yes we we are gonna have a we we do like to have thematic discussions to try to dig a little bit deeper and um find some redeeming qualities about the, the about the series about the series that we're talking about because power rangers as we found is more than just a campy kid show so Nathan, or actually, no, I want to, I want to, I want to get our, our guests to start because Nathan, you and I have talked enough. Um, Jim, Billy, let's start. Yeah, you can we'll, start with you, man, because I, I, I have a different theme. I want to. Sure. Up. I mean, okay. Oh, yeah, that's what fine. What did you have? What? Yeah. I have something much darker. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Well, okay. Well, I, I tell you what, Nathan, let's, let's go ahead and go through what we, what we, what we thought with, with dedication. It, well, it, it took a little while. It was hard because the show was awful for like the first 10 episodes. Well, it's, it, it's not, I won't necessarily, well, dedication's part of it because I feel like that's part of, you know, the whole idea of being a samurai. Yeah. The whole stick with this is that, they're they're dedicated to a cause and they're dedicated to a lifestyle right that means they have to constantly train to be ever ready to go into action against these villains mm -hmm. that are hell-bent on wrecking everything and kevin is the one who's most dedicated he's dedicated to a fault well, dedicated to the point of being a kiss up. Just... I was I was wondering, though, I was wondering because I was thinking when I was thinking about it. I'm wondering if a better theme, a better theme for our for our for our side of it wouldn't have been devotion. I could see that as well, because the other reason I went with this is because Dayu and Decker are dedicated to each other. Dayu is right, but they're also devoted to each and devotion they and dedication. Devo devotion and dedication are two different things. They're this similar. They're similar, but they're two different things for sure. But I don't know if that necessarily applies to the rest of the villains. But uh, that's why I liked dedication because the rest of the villains are very dedicated to their weirdo. Mm slightly ill-defined cause <laughs> <laughs> well they're all we, we also have devote we also have very devout rangers too you know not just because they're in a cult but they're very devout uh they're they're very devout to you know pursuing the samurai lifestyle but dedication probably fits a little bit better there the only reason i was thinking about devotion is because of Dayu and decker's you know subplot that does feed and because devotion, I feel like devotion evokes more of a relationship. There's more of a relationship uh, component to devotion than dedication. You're dedicated to a. You're dedicated to being to being something, becoming something. You're dedicated to your job or your. Uh, you know, goes back to a little bit of service and duty. You're dedicated to, you know pursuing pursuing excellence through your call your purpose in life i guess i don't know i'm i feel like i'm talking myself into circles here I, maybe 
maybe. But like I said, the whole thing is uh, devotion, dedication. I do think in some instances they can be interchangeable. Mm-hmm. To, you know, because like I said, all of these rangers in one form or another are dedicated to this cause. There's varying levels of it. Mike is the most easygoing out of all of them, right? And that gets that creates some short-lived character conflict. Very short-lived. Yeah, like, with the rest of them. Winking to miss it. <laughs> yeah, basically. And but it's supposed to be everybody. If the mentor G and all the rangers are dedicated to it. If you really want to get kind of wacky, I mean. Mia's a terrible cook, but she's very dedicated to cooking. Yeah, but true. everyone else is also dedicated to not telling her the truth. That shtick got old after a while. Just like, okay, we get it. It's funny. She sucks at cooking and no one will tell her. Will you Are we really going to do this for 45 episodes? And I think that, I think the reason why I initially made the mistake and said determination is because I was thinking I was thinking about Antonio being so determined to be a samurai and being so determined to prove everyone wrong that he is worthy of being a samurai. Yeah. But I think that, but I think that entails a level of dedication because he's dedicated to the samurai lifestyle, even though he doesn't have the familial connections in order to do that. Right. So determination, I think can be part of that. You have to be determined in order to be dedicated. And he's and Antonio is also devoted in some in some way to Jaden because there is that connect. There is that Lord. So is everybody. Well, (laughs) I'm just saying that there is that connection there. There is that connection there because they grew up together. Not very long, like six years, maybe. Well, I mean, it's still there. We also gave him I gave him a Zord. So true. Yeah, I would I would definitely say, uh, uh, redemption i because every character throughout the season is obviously honestly trying to uh like Jaden's trying to redeem the ceiling power or trying to learn it right mm-hmm. and, yeah, well, and a, he and he's dedicated to learning it lauren's dedicated yes. her whole life to mastering it because she had one job <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, emily is dedicated to her sister yes yeah i uh kevin is dedicated to the the swim team outside. Like he even goes to the swim meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, piggyback off of what Jim was trying to say earlier. Jim, what was your? You said you had a darker theme in in mind for Samurai. Right. What was that? So this doesn't really apply to Antonio. So it, it doesn't apply for him because right, he is the oddball of the whole group. Right. All right. Generational servitude. Oh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Or if you really want to get into like the more traditional kind of generational obligations. Hmm. Oh, hmm. continue to blow my mind. All right. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Let me light up. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> would you Would you like me to light your pipe, sir? Let's see. <laughs> okay, so we have nineteen generations of these samurai rangers, right? Sure. Each generation is slightly different from the last one before it. Right. All right. But they're all dedicated to the Shiba clan because they're the only one who has the power to stop this Nihilok monster of the week, Nihilok Xandrin, right? Right. But this kind of goes back into the thing I said earlier where it's a cult because they're, they're trying to make sure that they stay in power. Mm, so right. they have this generational, not theory, but generational boogeyman. 
mm-hmm. with Master Jan- Sandrin. Sure. The only one this doesn't really apply to is Antonio because he doesn't have the generate like the parents who were samurais. Mm. He has par- parents who were fishermen. Mm-hmm. But all these kids, every generation has been told about how this Shiba family is the only one that can stop Sandrin, right? Every right. single generation. Right. I know it's not like overarching the whole season and everything. I, I get that. But it, it's what I saw when I watched this mm-hmm. is that they were pressured by their parents to take up this mantle because it's sure. an obligation that their forefathers took upon them. Mm-hmm. Right. So every forefather before them took on this mantle because that was what was needed to do is just to protect their family. Right. Because there's an obligation to protect the next generation. Interesting. Okay. And being waiting. And I think this is kind of where we got the more intricate Zord designs and stuff because they were waiting and waiting for this massive threat that was supposed to come. Right. It never came mm-hmm. until now. But until Jaden and Lauren's father died trying to, you know, stop the 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 inevitable monster of the week dialogue attack and they had to really kick it into high gear. Mm-hmm. And this last generation, like the 19th generation, from like 19th clan. Yeah. So that's that's my thought on it. That's the theming. But I know it's not for everything. Right. You can even get kind of into Dayu and Decker because you can say that once they transformed the Nylox, they were new people. Mm-hmm. And so this is the next generation or next evolution of themselves. And they're working on their own obligations. Right. Or their own servitude, especially Dayu, who's working on what she's working on being thrown around these nylocks right so you can kind of say that kind of can say it with bulk and uh, spike as well a little bit it's not really there for them but then it kind of explains mentor g it kind of explains why uh each ranger is a little different than the other rangers like kevin uh, his family was super dedicated because they they were the oddballs out they if you uh, if you want to think about it like this, they I'm if they they are Kasumi uh, Kasuni. Uh, it's the Black Samurai, so they mm. were the Black Samurai. So they had a obligation to be the best of the best. Right. That's why he's so dedicated to the cause. Right. Mike's family slacked off because they're like, no, no, this nothing happened. <laughs> it's whatever. We don't really need to deal with this. But if you ever get called upon it. Just show up. It's not a big deal. We saw him last time. It was nothing. Don't worry about it. Go live your life. Mia's family was a little bit more stricter, but they had a little bit looser kind of feel for it because they still let her do things mm-hmm. on the side of Sing. And like her brother could still do his own thing. And that brings up is it just the first child who's in this obligation? <laughs> like, are all the children aware of this obligation? Do like the only ones who, who is it? The, 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 like, is it the first child of the first child of the first childs? And it, that's just, my, what if you're not born as the first child? Are you still obligated to go help the Shiba family at all? No. And I went like a little bit tangent there, but. No, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. I think, I think what you're talking about is very applicable. And like, it, it makes Samurai, it, it makes Samurai feel more of a darker season. <laughs> yeah, and, and I feel like this is the sort of stuff that we probably saw more in Shinkenger. That's the yeah. impression well, I'm getting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure because can, uh, there, there's a Disney brain did a really good breakdown. of Yes. Uh, yes. Where they talked about how the, the Pink Ranger's mother was damaged or she was hurt and she couldn't walk anymore and had to watch her daughter go into battle each and every time. And it was 
destroying her. And yes. And so I feel like if we got more of that, more of the the families, more of the 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 the, the generation before. Like I know Jaden Jaden Lauren's dad died, but what about the rest of the families? Like were they they all right. died too? What uncles and aunts who are like raising these kids be like, hey, your parents died because of this. We want to make sure a you're trying to live your best life or B you're going to be so prepared for this. It's not going to be funny. Yeah. Right. And you know, maybe, maybe they could have worked those family relations into the kind of odd characterizations that they give to these kids. Like maybe Kevin is the subservient kiss up. He is because of how he was brought up. Mm-hmm. You know, he was taught to always family. be respectful of authority, so he's respectful to authority to a fault. You know, like Mia it, it, was never told that you know, was never told that she did anything wrong. So she, no, she doesn't know that she's a terrible cook. You yeah. know, hmm. you uh, could have Emily, worked a Emily, lot of this like, in there, and you could have made sense of these characterizations. You know, maybe I, I, maybe she was being taught to cook by her mother, and her mother died, so she yeah, just right. kept cooking on her own but there was no one there to teach her yeah that and like i want to know why why did antonio and like mia like get together and like learn to cook (laughs) antonio's a great cook right he's supposed to be a really good cook why don't he teach mia how to cook that would have been a great scene of them sitting down and be like mia your cooking's terrible but I'm going to teach you how to cook yeah, because that, I can cook and I want to share my experience. Yeah, right. That would have been you. such a great payoff to the whole thing. Ugh. And they would have been like beating a dead horse with that stupid joke of, oh, yeah, she can't it, yeah cook. you would have, it would have ended it right there, you know? Yeah. And also, I wish they had done more with Emily and her sister. I think oh, that, yeah. they, that, yeah. that was a, that was a wasted opportunity there. On Emily, uh, Emily and Mike, I want to, I want to bring this up. Okay. So, um, they, so this kind of leads back to what I was saying uh, with this uh, forced, uh, forced servitude. They weren't allowed to have relationships because it was not appropriate for the Sheba, like for finding relationships within the Sheba family. Mm-hmm. Right. The one only thing you were to do was to serve that family. So uh, they didn't, they didn't ever have the relationship in public view at all. It was quick mm-hmm. glances, really quick glances uh, like here and there kind of thing. Like a, I, I want to say the Shiba family is like big brother <laughs> <laughs> and Mike is like Winston and uh, uh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Uh, Julia. Oh like, yeah. Emily is like Julia. Mm-hmm. They have to like go out of their way to hurt themselves. Even talk to each other. <laughs> You've already made this season way more interesting. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're making the lit nerd in me. Very happy with this. As like, why couldn't we have this? Seriously. Why couldn't we have this? Because the showrunner was like, we have to get this out right now. Let's just go with the go, <laughs> just Google Twitter, this go. entire exactly don't dump it just <laughs> just, just copy it exactly because that's with make... the low they're just they just went with the low-hanging fruit as well yeah was. basically i mean if you yeah. want to get metatextual about it i guess we could say jonathan zakor was very dedicated to shinkenger <laughs> he just decided that. to take that weird middle ground of not adapting it and making changes where necessary to to make sense of it they didn't make any changes that yeah. would help the American audience. Yeah, Nothing. they didn't make and any changes to help the American audience. Not enough anyway. And yeah. they didn't just dub it, which, I mean, that would have been an option to just dub the Sentai. so that, yeah, And then fun. you can just do a nice dub, keep the Japanese elements, and do it all the time for anime. So just do yeah. that. But no, they wanted to take this weird, awkward middle ground that just doesn't work. 
it made things really yeah. weird and let's let's people yeah like but now we're kind of getting into final theories. thoughts <laughs> yeah, we're getting into final thoughts territory here i just hey. one more thing about dedication i will bring this up as much as we're ragging on Jaden, and rightfully so i do think something should be said about the fact that he still took on this decoy role out of a you know familial obligation and dedication to his sister who is the actual head of the family she's the one who actually has the important yeah. job just wish he wasn't such a <laughs> about it yeah, yeah. Let, let's that that's the unfortunate part but i mean let's give Makes credit sense. where credit is due yeah Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Like you know, on, if, yeah. on that high note, uh, Jim, what are you doing? You are making me look like a chum here. <laughs> sure. I told you to start reading books. What happened? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, Billy, you have had ample opportunity to jump in at any time. <laughs> okay. This sounds like the Jimmy, Michael, and Nathan show. <laughs> Billy is just a peanut gallery. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. He's, He's too just, busy. He's probably made like five TikToks about his lightning collection figures this whole time. He, <laughs> He's just—he's just here for—he's just here for color commentary. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Fun fact. He's—I'm yeah. just waiting for him to just randomly wait for a long pause in our discussion. He's just gonna say, "Nerds." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All righty then. Well, are we ready to move into awards, Michael, or we, do you have more to say about dedication? No, I want to move into awards. I am Let's very de- I'm very dedicated to these awards. <laughs> I'm also very dedicated to getting fr- over Oh, I'm also very dedicated to getting samurai over with, although you're almost done. I'm, You're almost done. Yeah, Although, but I know what's coming next. I will, You're almost done. You're halfway through it. You're good. You just. You I will say. I will say that having this discussion has made Samurai at least tolerable. Mm. I mean, yeah. and credit to uh, credit to Jimmy. That was that Dark. was very profound. <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I have a couple of English lit nerds I hang out with, and so I had a discussion with them, and so I can't take full credit for it. But oh, come on, you're breaking the illusion now, man. You got to just, I got to keep it up. Yeah, you can edit this. It doesn't matter. Well, that's true. I'm gonna make you way smarter. We'll edit it so that it makes you look like an idiot. Anyway, there you go. That's how I like it. Uh, uh, anyway, um, moving on to the awards. That I stole from myself on Henshimen. There, the shtick is now complete. We, we can move on. Yes, borrowed and perfected. Uh, so, like so oh. many other things on this podcast, <laughs> right? Uh, so, for our first award, it is our Power Range of Motion award that we give to the best stunt or fight scene. And I'm just going to go ahead and get mine out of the way. Mine is Decker versus Jaden Four. The revenge. Um, <laughs> that's so. Yeah, which I see in your notes, you call the Inferno match. So we're getting a pro wrestling reference. There. The the Inferno match. Yes, it's uh, it's. I think it's the last. It's the last one of the last battles between uh, Decker and Jaden. It's from I think this. I think it's episode eighteen. It's the episode titled "Evil Reborn." Mm-hmm. It's honestly just a cool. I mean, the the fight is is meh. It's okay. It's just re- it's just honestly just a really cool aesthetic. Without the Inferno match aesthetic going on it probably wouldn't be as cool but that's why it's here i think it's enhanced by invisible dio 
Mm, yeah, I think so too. Okay, how about you, Billy? Oh, so uh, my Power Ranger motion would have to be the <laughs> would have to be the RPM and Samurai crossover final fight where Scott has the shark attack disc in mode and Jaden has the super samurai mode. I just kind of like that whole fight scene and how like they use symbol power to not to harm each other to in 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 order to uh lay cover over the whole uh design of uh infiltrating and being able to attack mm. uh within. Mm-hmm. And I just, I also honestly like the uh, shark attack suit on Scott too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the whole, the whole fight scene is just what I like about that the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine, a little bit of a theme here. It's also a Decker and Jaden fight. I know I'm being far too nice to that cult leader, but, <laughs> uh, but I gave it to the first one. I thought mm-hmm. it had okay. some great cinematography, mm-hmm. great setting. I might add. It's uh, on the top of a hill on the coast. It's got some story in in it and some emotional potency, you know. And I liked the finish. The finish is very samurai movie, hmm. you know, with Jaden cutting the Decker sword in half, and then Decker falls over the edge. So. Again, credit where credit is due. But that's credit to the uh, to the Sentai and not necessarily to Samurai, although sometimes I feel like my criticisms of Samurai could also be leveled against the Sentai. I, I don't know what... It's weird. I have a very... Up is down, down is up. Yeah, I have yeah. a very weird relationship with this one. Yeah. Yeah, shut up, big brother. Anyway. <laughs> the butterfly <laughs> effect. Uh, you know. Yeah. I am the walrus. Jimmy, what is your award? <laughs> All right. Well, I thought about this, and I wrote down, the first one I wrote down was uh, Antonio's intro fight scene with a rewind caption, yeah. like the rewind part, which is kind of fun. But then I thought about it, and I really like that that episode three, or the very first episode that aired, mm-hmm. Mike Morph, where he's in front of the other Rangers, and it does that camera spin around. Mm-hmm. And it symbolized, to me anyways, that this is a whole new era of sort of... Uh, cinematography for rain like power rangers series mm-hmm. that that was filmed by well, by saban the 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 company to indicate that we're not going to just do like the explosions and everything else we're going to actually try to make these scenes look pretty mm-hmm. and it was a really cool morph scene and they stumbled horribly after that but <laughs> That scene itself was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I we, loved it. We should have mentioned, we mentioned this in some past episodes, we should mention this is the first Power Rangers season filmed in widescreen. And in HD. Oh. So it was yep. uh, 1080p, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it looked cool. It had a really cool uh, spin effect with it. And I liked the editing for it because it did that really quick morph in the middle of the spin. Oh, it was cool. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Thought it was awesome. And it symbolized it, we were going to try something different. I'm like, all right, and disappointed horribly. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't look as good as Bokendra looked. I will say that. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, Bokendra is. Lo- Bokendra is a lovely, good. lovely season. Yes. And Operation Overdrive ruined it. Like it ruined a lot of things. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so next, next up, <laughs> yeah, next. So we have the Ultra SFX Zord Award for the best special effect. So Jimmy, Billy, what do you guys got? Uh, okay, I'll just give mine out because like, this was hard. <laughs> um, 
the uh, the folding zord jaden used it to like take on those three moogers i mm-hmm. think it's like end of season one mm-hmm. where he like went up and just like went to town on those moogers mm-hmm. and the spitfangs mm-hmm. i see you have spitfangs yeah. mentioned here yeah. too. Yeah. that was when they were giant so he yep. went soloed it and i'm like yeah mm-hmm. awesome that was cool mm-hmm. that was it mm-hmm. right. okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like i am excited and now i'm disappointed <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. So it's like you get excited, then you remember I'm watching Samurai. Yeah. Came <laughs> to make it more interesting. He just deflates. <laughs> he gets really excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my uh, my award is actually going to go to the to the other one. The I'm going to go give it to Lauren when you know when Jaden is uh, straight up Helen Keller on the floor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Uh, when she summons the lion folding zord, she actually knows how to use it properly without the Megazord combination. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved how she was to navigate it uh, through the fight scene until she joined up with the others at the very end. Right. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and give mine. And I don't know if this is an anti award or just I, I don't uh, know. Do I need to hit the button for you? No, you don't have to hit the button. I'm just going to say the absurdity that is the gig samurai gigazord. Cause it's yeah. just so absurd. <laughs> yeah. You're giving an anti award. Maybe I'm giving, yeah, maybe I'm giving an anti award because yeah, I was, this is like the power trip Razzie. Is that what this is? Uh, well, yeah. you know, generational boredom, man, makes things look crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was no, but legitimately I was really struggling to give mm. awards to this season. Cause there wasn't a ton to yeah. like about Samurai. I'll definitely agree. That it was, was true. Was like tough. Billy and I, like we sat down with I mean, these you, questions. You, you could have given it to any of the suits or. Yeah, but I didn't want to give it to like low hanging fruit, and then I couldn't find anything else other than low hanging fruit, so I just gave it to the Gigazord. Billy and I, like, we sat here for an hour trying to figure this out. Oh, see, now there's some dedication right there. You could learn a thing or two, Michael. Uh, You call it dedication, I call it Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, my award goes to. The Megazord's dogfight, a literal, mm. uh, not literal, but a dogfight with flying moogers. It's a visual that happens in one episode and we never see it again. And I thought, that was really cool. You guys should do stuff like that more often. Are you going to do nice. stuff like that more uh, often? Nope. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next. Nope. One, <laughs> one, one and done. Next. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so for our... For our next award, uh, <laughs> we're gonna. It's our more phenomenal Mad Lib, which we give to the best line. I'm gonna go first, and it's a line from Antonio. He says, "You may not think of me as a samurai, but don't treat me like a coward." Ooh, Ooh. Has some good lines. Yeah, yeah Antonio <laughs> does have some good. Now, have some, I yeah, will yeah. admit, some of these characters have some good zingers. They do. I mm-hmm. wish it was just more consistent. They do. Yeah. I wish so too. Like I really wish like there was better lines for the character, like more more good lines for the mm-hmm. characters, but it's they were writing themselves in corners, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ooh ah yep. ooh. Okay. Um, <laughs> I almost gave it I almost gave it to just ooh ah ooh. Um, so ne- so Jimmy, how about you? What is your award? <laughs> 
<laughs> you swing of those low hanging fruit. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did the same. Oh, um, freaking uh, Master G, man! Like when he uh, Scott steals his motorcycle, and he's like, "Did, did he just?" take my bike <laughs> <laughs> like i know i said it earlier but it was still a really funny line and i think he kind of deserved his bike getting stolen because he was a terrible mentor he is you can't live up terrible. to your name man <laughs> it, it could he should have been named like understudy g. <laughs> <laughs> understudy g <laughs> questionable understudy g oh, <laughs> intern g <laughs> right unpaid intern g <laughs> 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 oh right billy what was yours oh so this is when arachnator was in his super form uh, i don't know what he says but it touched <laughs> me right in my <laughs> when he screams <laughs> you know right in the right in the fields dude <laughs> I, I like the fact that like, we all <laughs> laugh but i have given awards like that to some of the monsters of the week on common writer i'm just so, on henshin then so billy ben and i were writing this up and he was like i don't know how to explain this so i was like screaming uncontrollably <laughs> yeah, at the camera. Yeah. yeah what we all don't realize was that was arachnator giving a shakespearean level soliloquy yeah <laughs> i just don't understand it because we yeah. don't speak nylock uh, <laughs> that's a great tree for but yeah <laughs> i knew that was uh, oh i knew that go away norg anyway <laughs> admittedly mine is a little bit of a cheat mine is just anything my hero negatron says because everything he says is gold because he says <laughs> what we're thinking <laughs> doesn't matter if it's if better quips come out of the mouths of fifth graders it's still good. that wasn't very dedicated no it was not and now for our favorite award quite possibly it's, it's the i i i can't believe that happened and honestly for the craziest moment i really struggled with this i really did <laughs> I'm sa- I'm still I'm still sitting here thing I'm still sitting here uh wondering what I'm gonna pick. So you know what? I'm just gonna steal Nathan's and say Jaden arrives on the horse. Okay, you Ranch Master activated. <laughs> wait, 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 Michael, Michael, you, you could have just gone with the show got greenlit. I could have, oh, but I've used but I've used those types of metatextual. Yeah, you have, but I, but seriously, that moment broke me. I was calling Michael, and I was just like, "What the frick even is this?" I when I was watching that scene, I'm like, "Is this parody? This has to be parody." No one does something like this, does something like this and takes it seriously. This guy literally shows up on a white horse to get his team together and give them their morphers, delivering the most cliche stilted dialogue with an even more stilted delivery. I I'm just like, yeah. and the red what? So, so you would be- not. So basically in you, Texas. So you basically Jaden. So basically, Jaden would have been the uh, punch face Fabio on a white horse. Yes. I'm just like, what <laughs> even is this? This you- No, this is so cliche that it hurt to watch because I was supposed to take it seriously. <laughs> Jaden. Just, just no. 
You can't like, sell this and take it seriously. When, Just, when I watched that, I was sitting. I'm like, Jaded, you are not in Texas. You're not raiding the Capitol on your white horse. Your name. No, is this not is not the Alamo. Stop <laughs> you it. Yeah. Not be like, you. You cannot pull this off yeah. at all. You're never gonna get out of history books. You're gonna look ridiculous. Stop no. it. Get off the horse. You know no, my get favorite. The horse. Get in the car. Get in the car right now. <laughs> my, you know. You know my favorite part of that whole sequence is. It's they're all they all arrive with each other and they're like, are you the Red Ranger? It's like, oh, yeah, no, dummy. It's it's like, colors. do I look like the Red Ranger? I am not color coordinated in my cities. Right. <laughs> are you, you know the what? Red I Ranger? The Red Ranger would show up on a white horse and be like, I am the cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how you know he's a cult leader. He's showing up on a white horse. Saying, I uh, joined me and I will save you all. Except you know, my it, except my delivery of those lines is better than his. Yeah, it reminds me of the uh, that cult episode of The Simpsons <laughs> with the flying the, the the flying UFO and money thing. <laughs> it's like follow me, I, dedicate was... your life to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I but I like I like I said that scene broke me, and I was like, I'm only on episode two, and I have yeah. I, this is cliche overload. I can't, I can't even. If it wasn't for this podcast, I would have quit. Just rage quit right there. I'm like, that was the moment that sealed this as the worst Power Ranger premiere ever. Yes, Turbo Movie, I will apologize to you. You are marginally better than the first two episodes of Samurai. All right? Okay? Now, the show is still better than you, but these two (laughs) episodes are worse than you. Uh, you At see, least Turbo I, was thematic. Right? Man, you <laughs> you just will not get you just will not give Turbo an inch, will you? Anyway, uh, focus. <laughs> yes. What was the craziest moment of Samurai for you guys? Because Michael mooched off of me. Uh, Bill, you want to go? Yeah. So my uh, I, I I can't believe that happened uh, when I was watching through the series. Uh, I did not expect Serrator to actually set up the whole Dayu and Decker story and how he planned this 200-year-long uh, ordeal out to to split four spots to let the river overflow and how intricate his 200 years of setting up was and how it led into Decker and Dayu and all that mess. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's that a good, good one. one. Not bad. So, all right. <laughs> I, see Jim. I see you got Jimmy. I see you. All right, Billy. Just stay over there in your corner. I got this. <laughs> Bring it <laughs> home, buddy. Uh, Antonio is changing to a fish and then suffers PTSD. <laughs> and I understand that this is a kid's show. Right. I understand this fact. But, like, they solved it by feeding him sushi. Like, he has PTSD. Like, call it what that is. Just let him be freaking out about things, man. <laughs> let him go see a damn therapist. Mentor G should not be force-feeding him freaking fish. And then he's, like, teaching, like, that's how he's trying to get the rest of them to overcome their fears, is forcing them into situations that put them in their fears. That doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. Immersion therapy doesn't always work. I mean, I did it can make it like far the- worse. I did kind of like the irony of the fisherman having PTSD that over was fish. Funny. Yes, that was good. But irony. I also thought, but like, but I also thought, like, 
this you had the worst experience out of all of us. It wasn't a I'm afraid because I almost got eaten by a cat. It's I'm afraid of fish. That was the confusing part. I'm like, no, mm. hold on. I, I, he should know, be he should be freaking out because he nearly got eaten. He he should be freaking out because he's nearly got eaten, or he was physically dead, or or he couldn't breathe. Yeah, I mean, like if drowning any, in the air yeah. the entire time. Like, yeah, that that should have been it. But fish. If anything, whatever. he shouldn't have been afraid of fish. He should have been afraid of cats. And like, I I get to kids show. I get they're trying to simplify it, but like, they're they're so much more. I wouldn't see Bulkin uh, Bulkin Spike being afraid of cans and newspapers. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah, like that would have been hilarious to see Bulk freaking out about a can. <laughs> like ah, can. Ah, no, <laughs> that would have been fantastic, but we didn't get that. And I, there was so much missed opportunity in this show to have great, funny, good moments and great, serious moments. Spike, we, we uh, got Spike tosses this. him a can of Pepsi and he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like smacks out the air, explodes, like, ah, <laughs> did you smack my Pepsi? Yeah, <laughs> that would have been great, like, that would have been fantastic, or at least like seeing bulk and spike in therapy about this or seeing other characters who were in that episode who were other things go to therapy about this because that that would have brought it full circle right it would have been great but right. no no can, i didn't get that can i yeah. change can i change my award what can i change my <laughs> you're award? retroactively changing your award i'm, I'm retro this is unprecedented this is unprecedented but i want to retroactively change my award all right. You're the I, host I, of the show, co-host of the show. You can and I understand and I understand. I understand how this is gonna make me look. I Uh-oh. understand that. I understand that. Oh no. But for my I I I can't believe that happened. The ridiculous amount of white people? No, Nathan. <laughs> that is well, that the ridiculous is, number of foreigners, I should clarify. There yeah, that is that that's one of them. But no no no. This is a little bit more metatextual. Uh-huh. I I I can't believe I paid 60 bucks for this. (laughs) (laughs) What a goofy goober. I mean, if not for a a very generous person on YouTube, I would have had to fork over $40 to to get this on Amazon to quote unquote buy the streaming. It's fine. I understand you have, you're completing the collection. I get it. It's, It's the physical media, the DVD case. I get it. I get it entirely. Yeah, the Just, things we do, man. The mm-hmm. things you do for OCD. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but that okay. is my retroactively changed. I, I, I can't believe that happened. Award. Meta retroactively meta. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I get it. I, yeah, I totally get it. I get it. I get it. Well, guess what, guys? You know what time it is, Billy and Jimmy? It's morphin' time. <laughs> this is where we give our final thoughts. And how long are we doing it now? Uh, well, Not, it's, it's four- normally one minute. Well, how much well, is it now? When there's three of us, it's ninety seconds. But I guess it's two minutes. Yeah, we're doing two minutes. It's the two minute warning this week. It's hmm. the two minute warning this week. Yeah. Okay. So each well, of us, a, a good each thing of I us- came prepared. Each of us get 30 seconds and well, we're gonna... sharing two minutes. <laughs> so, well, you know, if you've got your rants, I mean, 
Grunchmaster uh, <laughs> <Of> <laughs> activated. <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah. All right. Me uh, do my uh, 30 second rants about samurai. Yeah. You want to go first? I'll hit play right now. You go first. On your mark, get set, go. Why? Why in the Billy, why do you like, I want to, we want to do Samurai. We just want to do Samurai. When he's like, oh yeah, what's, what season do you want to do? I was like, let's do RPM. No, but he's like, let's do Samurai. I love Samurai. Let's do Samurai. This is so cool. Swords. I'm like, why? Oh, oh my God. Why did you do these things? You made me suffer through all of this to do this episode with you over Samurai. The one season I'm like, I don't really want to do Samurai. I could have done Operation Overdrive. I could have done Mystic Force. RPM, I would love to do RPM. No, let's do Samurai! As quick and as fast as you could. Okay. In, okay. In my defense, sleep deprived. <laughs> Rant Master approves. Wow. Jesus. Okay. Man, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Later, guys. Hey, guys, okay. we still got about 65 seconds to okay, go. Okay, so, so. so I'll, I'll go next. I'll go next. And mine will, mine will be really, really short. I recommend this series to nobody. <laughs> the only reason the only reason I even watched it is because of this podcast. There are some there okay, so there are there is potential here. There are some interesting concepts with the samurai and the legacy and the family connections and all that. It's really there's some really interesting concepts here and there's some really and there's some kind of interesting characters. But if it was not for the fact that they're all blocks of wood, this series probably would have been a little bit better. Um, I will not be revisiting Samurai anytime soon. And if anyone wants to buy my copy from me, please email the power trip at <laughs> Gmail. No, um, no, no. They are the collector and you won't do it. The collector this is true. I've, I've, I've said I'm not a fan of this show. It had the worst start, but at least it had the greatest improvement out of all of them that we've this seen so far this i will give it that much and i know what's coming next so <laughs> <laughs> go go megaforce mm. no yeah stop it <laughs> we don't talk about mega force <laughs> right we can go with that so uh, go yeah. say yeah. so my my final thought is uh i was young and stupid it looked good i'm slightly older still stupid <laughs> Uh, it stalls hard. I never thought I'd see a Power Rangers season where the villains actually overshadow the Rangers. There you go. There you go. Actually, I can make an argument that that's happened before. Why? But there you go. Yeah. Why? The twenty fifth letter of the alphabet. Yes. Why? <laughs> Billy, I'm gonna find you. Great. And you will kill him. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I'm gonna slap him. Ah, <laughs> even better. Anyway, okay. so. Before we move on and close out this show, th- give us your shameless plugs one more time, gentlemen. Billy, you want to do it? I got it. Go oh, uh, you can find us across all social media at zeo to hero uh, You can find us at zeo to herocom or uh, nopersonalplugs.com, which directs you right there. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, also, uh, yeah, nopersonalplugs.com or zeo to hero Pick one, stick with it. Yep. Yep. There you go. And just to let everyone know, a little bit of, you know, quick housekeeping. Yes, our Jackie Marchand episode is going to be coming out right after this one. And our next tenth poll episode. If you thought Samurai was bad. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh-huh. You just can't hide it? 
I'm so excited. I'm glad that we have a friend right who's going to be suffering through uh, through this with us again. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we yeah, do. Uh, we're going to be talking about the infamous Megaforce. Power Rangers Megaforce. And it's incredibly stupid sequel season, Super Megaforce Go. God rest your cult uh, mind, Jaden. Yes, <laughs> and but we will not be suffering alone. We have one of our friends from the Entertain This podcast mm. joining us for you, this. You're not gonna be friends afterwards. I know this. Oh, no, he volunteered <laughs> for Megaforce. Oh. He volunteered himself. Yeah, we didn't I mean, make him do this. I mean this. This is completely and utterly voluntary. This is voluntary. Did, did he scream, let's do Megaforce, really loud when you guys asked him? Go, what? go, Megaforce? I, I, I <laughs> yeah. don't know. All I know is that that's who's going to be suffering along with us. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to put all of these shenanigans to rest and remind all of you listeners with attitude, may you all be as honest with everyone you know as Negatron is. In the immortal words of Zordon, come at me, bro. And may the power protect you. And podcasters, victory is ours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Power Trip, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton and Nathan Marchant. If you'd like to send us feedback, email us at powertrippod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at the Power Trip Pod, and join our official Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other great podcasters. The podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Instagram at super underscore r underscore illustrations. Our theme songs are from the album Power of the Grid by Neil Stenson. We also use Galaxy Quest Instrumental by Heaven Wraith from the OC Remix album Jet Force Gemini Mizar Attacks. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. The Power Trip has no association with Saban Entertainment or Hasbro. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. And until next time, see ya! This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.